Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In this episode today, we've got a special episode. Uh, we're going to talk about some CDL news, the big sad news of Vonderhaar leaving Treyarch. Uh, and then we got a special guest who we're going to talk about all of the, the roster rumors that have happened in this offseason so far, as well as the MW3 leaks. And then the special part of today's episode comes at the end. We're going to do a full-fledged NFL preview Get some different content. We've had a number of you asking for us to randomly talk sports or other other world things. Um, in the offseason, we're running out of CDL content, so we decided to give that a trial run today. And we're going to do an NFL preview, kind of predict standings, award winners, Super Bowl winners, stuff like that. So excited to jump into that. Um, if you guys enjoy this one, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. We're almost at the 1,200 mark, which is a, another big milestone. So thank you guys for the support. And let's get into this one. Brock, how are you doing today? Oh, we're doing pretty good on this fine Monday, you know, work, boring, as per usual. Not much CDL talk going around, so yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, um, excited to jump into this one, and some of you guys predicted this in the comments as was expected, but we've got a special guest joining us today. Mm -hmm. We've got Kyle back on the podcast to talk NFL, talk about how the Lions are going to win the Super Bowl, and give some reactions to all the recent CDL news. Oh gosh, you're really setting the bar high for uh, for my for my lions to break my heart. Um, but yeah, uh, happy to be back on your show. Uh, thank you for inviting me for this uh, special. You know, all talk all things uh, CDL and um, you know rosters and MW3, and then obviously the football NFL section at the end. Uh, but yeah, happy to be back. Just. Uh, yeah, everything's been going good with me. Just uh, you know, like every like every post grad person, just work and trying to <laughs> save money and do all those things. Uh, all not fun stuff. Yeah, navigate life and figure that stuff out. So, uh, but happy to be back. Yeah, we'd love to hear it. We always say if we have guests on, and that's something we're looking to this year, maybe having more guests on during the year and trying to get different guests as we build a bigger platform. But we always say they're always going to be the number two guests because Kyle is instantly our first choice if we can have guests on. Um, mm -hmm. So let's talk some COD first. We might keep the COD stuff pretty short because once again, in terms of off-season news, every time a little nugget of news comes out, Brock and I beat it to death because it's the only thing yep. that there is to talk about. So we'll talk a little bit about Kyle's thoughts, mostly to get a new perspective on MW3 and maybe what he thinks about some of the rosters. But we're going to probably spend a majority of this episode on the NFL talk. So let's start out. Sad news for anybody that's a Call of Duty fan. Um, David Vonderhaar announced that he officially left Treyarch. I think this was like a while in the making because there's rumors about it. Like I like vaguely remember them being out like a year plus ago that he was leaving, but he left Treyarch. Which is which is sad to hear because obviously he's put out a lot of good games. He's really never missed. Um, mm -hmm. It's like people would say, like Call of Duty Three, which I was too young to even play, but the dude's never missed with a game. Every game he puts out is a banger and is very good for competitive. So very sad to see Vonderhaar leave because who knows what that means for the next Treyarch title? I don't know how much of a hand he had in it, but any hand he had in it would probably be good for the game. Yeah, hopefully. Whoever's taking over, you know, sees what he put into it and kind of follows the same path as him. Yeah, because he was the first hit. one that really invested into competitive, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So sad to see him go, but he'll be doing some other cool things I hear. I heard. He said he's working on a new project. And Kyle, you are obviously 
an OG COD player, played a lot of the older games, and I'm sure you had some some fun on his old titles, specifically Black Ops Two. Uh, yeah, I mean all all of those, uh, you know, middle school and early high school Treyarch titles uh, poured endless hours into just you know <laughs> ev- ev- multiplayer with you know every everybody would come home, hop on Xbox Live, and uh, play whatever the COD title was for you know, it, especially those first like you know. It would always release right around the holiday season. Everybody would just mm-hmm. be on uh, endless hours. Uh, but yeah, um, obviously Vanderhara, you know, big uh, presence in the competitive scene as well. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of the pros always spoke highly of him. And, uh, you know, it seemed like he had a good rapport with uh, a lot of those OG comp guys as well. So, um you know, but you would hope to see, like Brock said, somebody, uh, you know, Treyarch invest in putting somebody, you know, equally as talented in his in his shoes to, you know, kind of continue uh, his work and stuff. So, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, just the closing of one door, but waiting to see what, you know, what comes of that. Yeah, I would be interested to see if he like hops on another FPS title or something. I would think maybe he's burned out of that and wants to take his passion for making games in some other direction or something else he's interested in because I can see how you'd probably get burned out after making FPS games repeatedly for 20 years. You might get yeah. kind of bored of that, but I yeah, that's that's true. I remember like you were talking about early middle school days. I remember that was like one of the best things, and this is something like Brock and I would play together like middle school, like it was Black Ops 2. I remember that was one of the best things you could have if like, you're getting off, you know, off school on Friday and you know it's like double XP weekend, Nuketown 24-7 on Black Ops 2 or something. That was like the best feeling ever. You know, like you and a bunch of your friends are going to hop on that night and you're going to be grinding uh, mm-hmm. some Nuketown 24-7 until your parents kick you off the Xbox. Every 12 hours straight, every day. <laughs> yeah, like that. Those are some of the best times. So Vonderhaar gave us all memories in our childhood and I'm excited to see what he does next. But um, the new game... Coming out, Kyle, MW3. Brock and I talk about this a lot because for once, when we had leaks about uh, about the, the upcoming game, they were actually positive for the most part, which is probably a rare thing. Maybe the first time since like Cold War, we saw mm-hmm. a lot of positive leaks. Um, I've got a list of them here, but any of them you want to highlight, Kyle? Because Brock and I have talked about this to a big extent, but I mean, all the OG MW2 maps are in the game off launch. That's confirmed. The red dots are back. Reload cancels back, slide cancels back. We have dead silence again. Um, just a lot of overall positive things, which is rare for Call of Duty leaks nowadays. Yeah, uh, I mean, right off the top, uh, releasing with that many maps uh, off the jump is huge, uh, especially the last few, you know, titles. It seems like they've been struggling for any kind of like the release of what, like six, seven, eight maps at most. And then, yeah, struggling to like, you know, shoe, shoehorn in like three competitive game modes into like three maps or something. It seems like so. Um, at least you know they'll they'll be able to play test and uh, get a sense if any of those maps work uh, for competitive modes. And then I'm sure that they're going to add in you know novel maps as well, uh, based on you know usually it's based structured around like you know scenes from the campaign or whatever. Um, but you know, hopefully yeah. we, hopefully we see some a, a good mix because it would definitely uh, 
it'd be nice to see you know some of those OG MW2 maps make it into competitive and add a little wrinkle there to you know kind of throw a bone to some of the older people that might have yeah might be like you know my age or even older that you know grew up on you know playing you know the MW2 maps this time around and seeing those mm-hmm. played in a new way uh, would be interesting to say the least. Yeah, and like we had some people. I'd say the overall sentiment of especially the MW2 map leaks is positive because it at least guarantees we have some good maps in the game. Scrapyard, Terminal, those maps, High Rise. We have all those really good OG maps, but some people were complaining. They were like, well, we don't want to, you know, replay these old maps. We want original new maps. And like, I would agree in an absolutely perfect world if we could guarantee good original maps, I would prefer original maps. So it's something new and refreshing, but I mean, I think the three of us know with the way that Call of Duty's been since basically Modern Warfare 2019, we can't really trust the developers to make uh, a long list of good original maps. Maybe they'll give us one or two, but as we've seen basically in every game except maybe Cold War, we struggle to even find like four playable competitive maps, whereas since we're getting the 16 OG MW2 maps, there's a good chance we're gonna find some good game modes even with the the new speed of the game like obviously certain maps like rust are never gonna work but maps like high rise scrapyard and terminal the three i mentioned should be fantastic competitive maps so it's so so weird like people beg for the maps to come back but then they get upset that they're back and i I mean if we could trust the developers to make some original maps i'm all for that but i like the fact that we're going into the year knowing we have some good maps and we're just praying that um everything works out and then the other one I forgot to mention, Kyle, this wasn't on the list I put down for whatever reason. I just brain fart or something. But um, 150 health is also announced in the game. So in a very increased time to kill, which I know you're a fan of and everybody's a fan of. It makes gunfights more entertaining because you don't yep. get instantly zapped without seeing the other person. Yeah, especially with the the speed of movement, you know, how it's gone from like, you know, you have to literally like get arthritis in your thumb slide canceling <laughs> so much uh, as opposed yeah. to the older titles where you know the only advanced movement was dolphin diving and that would completely take you out of the yeah out of the fight and stuff but uh yeah i, I think that adds uh that, that's a nice wrinkle there too uh increased health makes uh you know you're able to if you're fast enough you know you're able to get out of a fight uh maybe heal up but uh it it also puts an emphasis on you know hitting your shots um, mm-hmm. as well. So I I I'm a big fan of that. Um, this honestly seems like a title that I might like you know invest in, uh, especially <laughs> like with calling back to the MW two maps and then uh, all those other good things. Uh, red dots on the mini map, obviously huge for competitive, especially. Um, you know, like I I I know we said it a lot back in the day but like uh you know being able to read the mini map is such a huge part of competitive yeah. it's like uh, more than half of it yeah and especially in respawn game mode yep. seeing where uh you know if you're flipping spawns or whatever happens uh you know just being able to read that uh while also playing at a really high level uh with your gun and also movement it's just like three aspects of uh, being a complete player, uh, Ninja returning obviously huge. Uh, Silent footsteps is something mm-hmm. that is just so. Thank the Lord. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, it seems like it's just so, at least in my Call of Duty experience, it's like such a integral part of playing uh, any kind of game mode, not just Respawn, but obviously Search and Destroy as well. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Just uh, I, I, I really like you know the the leaks and everything that we've gotten uh, news wise from this upcoming title. So uh, I'm I'm re- I'm excited. Yeah, I mean we know most people aren't a fan of the the slide cancel and everything. Brock, on the other hand, is an absolute crackhead and he will, he will button mash and slide cancel everyone because he plays like a BZ out here. Um, but yeah, I I mean I agree with everything you say and. I think you highlighted the ninja thing as well. And Brock and I have talked about this a ton too. That it might be the most important thing, even somehow more important than red dots because of the whole sound EQ mm-hmm. in CDL last year. And basically you couldn't take a step without everybody knowing where you are across the map. And like, that's not even call of duty at that point when you can just sound whore everything. So yes, mm-hmm. the ninja is like the most important thing. And like you said, red dots, it's crazy. Like if you weren't a, a fan, watch the CDL or played any competitive, you wouldn't think the mini map is that big of a deal. You would probably think like, as you should that like, you know, just running around having gun skills, probably the most important thing, but you're right. The awareness and being able to read the mini map and make quick decisions based on that is like, I think it might be the most important thing. And it is, it's a skill gap really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and for people you know, to be able to read that. And also when people, uh, you know, you're traditional, just like pub players too. And with gunsmith and everything, everybody's just loading a suppressor anyway. So you're not getting those yeah. red dots. So um, but obviously competitive band suppressors, so mm-hmm. uh people having to read mini maps uh when they jump into like a ranked mode or something is uh, it's a new skill to learn. Uh mm-hmm. so yeah, I I'm a big fan of that. It's also like the minimap reading and all that, like this past year with no red dots, like your communication has to be so insanely good and you have to over communicate where people are and where they're pushing from and where they're spawning, whereas like there's not enough time to communicate where this guy's shooting you from, where everybody on the other team is, where yep. they're spawning, and like what you want to do with your next move, where you want this guy to set up. Like there's just too much to do. Where now, like you can use that information if you see somebody shooting from your right on some head glitch, you don't really have to call it out. Everybody sees it on their mini map, they know, and you can more plan your next move. Where like before with no red dots, there's too much communication to happen in too little time. So it's it's overall a big W in the 150 health and. This is the most excited I've been to play pubs off the rip of a COD in quite some time, just because usually I get so bored with pubs since I've been playing COD for, I mean, shoot, 10 plus years at this point. So long time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like at some point it's like I'm excited for the new game. I play, you know, pubs for a little bit and then I'm like, OK, give me on GBs, get me on competitive because I I more even play the bad COD just because I am a competitive person. I like to play a ranked play more than even playing the game at this point, but if I can load on and I know I'm playing high rise and all those maps we talked about, I'm, I'm at least more excited than I normally am for a pubs call of duty. Yeah, definitely just play more pubs and, you know, I would have if my good maps are good. Like yeah. Said. Um, that's about it for MW3, unless you have anything else you want to go over and we can talk rosters and, we want to get Kyle's thoughts on rosters because Brock and I have talked about these and I don't think there's any new ones from the mm. last times we've talked. Like I didn't see, unless I missed something, I didn't see anything on LAG Legion or London, which is not surprising. Those are teams that usually pick the scraps anyways. Um, yeah, I didn't see anything, but I haven't seen anything. So we'll jump into like 
I think everybody knows um, everyone's general thoughts on the top four, but we'll talk about the top four, the big four teams first, kind of get Kyle's thoughts on those, see if he differs at all from what either Brock or I are saying. Brock and I have, have differed on you know a couple of the rosters, and you can kind of interchange one through four in whatever order you think, but I think everybody came to a, a pretty big consensus on who our top four is, and we'll start with the defending champs. They somehow, some way, made a roster change, and if you want to talk about that, Kyle, because that's a, that's a weird thing, but um, New York made a roster change. They dropped Priesta, replaced him with Sib, and they're going forward with Skies, Sib, Hydra, and Kismet. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Well, you know, kind of NY kind of came out of, you know, that wouldn't have been my first pick last no. year of, you know, the eventual mm-hmm. CDL champ, but they, you know, uh, Hydra just had a insane year. Um, mm-hmm. And then you also had, like, the, the renaissance of Kismet. Uh Played yeah. an integral part in that team, like really super impressed with how he's evolved as a pro. Um, kind of being like on that <laughs> on that original fringe Paris Legion team. Yeah. And people just, you know, threw that entire team in the bin and somehow he's, you know, clawed back. Uh and then you had Skies obviously migrating from Mutineers. Uh but yeah, player. I was uh <laughs> yeah, Skies uh really really understated player as well but um surprised that uh you know whatever negotiations fell apart whatever with Priesta, uh he's one of the guys i kind of ride for in the yeah. cdl mm-hmm. um happy he's found another team but um yeah I, I i don't think that they necessarily got any worse uh if if anything you could maybe argue they're getting better yeah, with Sib, uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe you're taking away some of the uh, like team vibe with Priesta. Sib mm-hmm. might have a little bit more, uh, you know, less like positive vibes. I don't know. Maybe I'm <laughs> you're just, not like, wrong there. Casting there, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this team. Uh, I think NY, they're definitely you know primed up to be a top three team in my book. Um, yeah, it's at least from like preseason predictions. Well, and for these top four, like the first four we're going to talk about, it's hard to honestly find stuff to say about them because the rosters are just so stacked that it's like, I'm not going to predict them to be terrible. Like, do I think one of them maybe won't be as good as the other three? Sure. But like, it's hard to find negatives because they are all so stacked in the talent. Like basically what happened with these top four rosters is they pretty much kept the same roster of the players that were performing really well and then la thieves who was another top four team dissolved and all the la thieves players joined the top four teams and then the top two players from the fifth team seattle those two joined the top four so like the fourth and fifth teams from last year all just joined up on the top three so it's like they're all just so stacked and i agree with you though and i i think brock feels the same way but it's like talent wise Sib is an upgrade, but it's just it's just such an odd move. Like Priesta, you win champs with him, and you don't even attempt to run it back. You're just like, yeah, we're done. It's just it's a very odd move. I, I will agree though, talent wise, Sib I think is a better player. But I, I also am on the same wave as you, where I'm kind of like, I don't know. Will will the will the vibes be off? Maybe Sib won't do the dirty work like Priesta would. Um, because a stat mm-hmm. that Brock and I always talked about was Priesta like led the champs tournament by a mile in assists. So he was doing the damage and the dirty work and making everybody one shot. And yep. um, 
you know, going in first, even with an AR, but I don't know what Sib's going to do. That. I think he's going to play for his kills a little more. <laughs> I, I think Priesto had like 25 more assists than the next person. Yeah. At champs assist, which is a lot. Which is insane. And it could be due to games played, but still, it's not, it's still a insane stat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, we'll, I guess we'll see what New York does with Sib and the crew. Trying to be the first team to go back to back. Um, But let's talk about, you know, Kyle, since before you really started watching the CDL and when you were on the podcast and now when you're coming on as a guest, this team is basically number one. They've never not finished number one in the regular season standings, and that is Atlanta phase. They uh, continue the trend of just swapping out their fourth with the trio, and this time they're finally moving Selium to the main, and they're picking up Draza to play their flex. Uh, Another pretty easy roster to talk about, probably. Yeah, I don't... um... The experiment with Slasher, kind of like that veteran leader coming in, didn't really pan out in the long term, I guess. Uh, I don't know. And then, obviously, with the disillusion of the LAT team, uh, you know, Draza, you know, chose probably the the most logical landing spot. uh, Yeah. In terms of, like, you know, just raw talent to play alongside. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I don't think anything really changes with how I how I view FaZe. You know, they should always be seeing Championship Sundays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, with this trio, they're basically guaranteed top three at every tournament is what the stats say. Like, they never miss a top three, which is, like, some people are like, oh, third, whatever, but it's like, like you said, they don't miss a Sunday. They just simply don't. I mean, this last champs they finished third and it was the first time sip and Abizi have missed the finals in their entire career at champs um just an absolutely absurd stat like it became kind of not absurd in your head when you'd say it because you're so used to it but then when you actually sat back and realized that wow in black ops 4 mw cold war vanguard they had made the final at champs in every single one of those games um a lot of years going back to Ins- back. Yeah, insane to think about. But yeah, like like you said, how is this team not going to succeed? And um, this is a spoiler alert for our, our preseason predictions at some point, but I'm probably going to be picking this team to take first in the regular season standings again because I just know they're going to be consistent. Mm-hmm. And I think rightfully so. And I think Kyle, you'll probably agree with this. And Selium, he plays slow and gets his kills. But I think he's always meant to be a main. Slow yeah, down I mean, and like... I feel like- yeah, I yeah. mean, he's always been kind of like boxed into that flex role with, uh, you know, always life. having another AR on the team. Yeah, it was Arcides or Slasher. Um, yeah, so seems like his more natural role, and he just finally gets to play it, and he'll just sit back there in the back line and snake and get kills and beam. Yeah, just stay and alive forever. Just somehow, just not die. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about their rival, though. I saw, I, I wish I had the stat. It was a tweet from weeks ago, but it was basically like FaZe is like doubled up on everybody. Like they dominate every team in the CDL. Like the second best team against them is like Thieves at six and 11 or something. But then Optics like 11 and three or something against FaZe in the CDL era. Like they're the only team that FaZe mm-hmm. can't beat. And I mean, Kyle, you tweeted a funny meme that um, one of my friends has sent to our group chat at least once or twice um your picture of me defending kenny from the green wall um (laughs) yeah that uh this roster i mean i've talked about it i absolutely love this roster but i'm curious to hear what you think it's dashy kenny pred and shotzi i mean 
probably, in my opinion, the closest sub duo we've had to compete with the Tiny Terrors is Pred and Shotzi. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the trio of Dashy, Pred, and Shotzi was pretty much locked up. It was just a yeah, like who was going to be the fourth? Uh, obviously, when when Illy left, uh, and then I don't, I, I, I did not see Kenny. If you were to tell me that LAT was, you know, dissolving or whatever, everybody's going to go their own way, I wouldn't have seen Kenny going there. But then again, I guess it makes a lot of sense. I mean, he's still, he's a, you know, obviously with Optic, you have the whole like content side of the team as well mm-hmm. with Hex. Um, I think he fits fits right in there. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. Um, but Pred was like the the worst kept secret. Yeah. <laughs> Going to Optic, it was like, oh, mm-hmm. Optic Pred, Optic Pred, whatever. Um, yeah, I think this team, I, I I really like it. I like you said, the sub duo uh, should be, you know, if, if you were to put anybody up against Simp and Abizi, I would I would put my money on Pred and Shotzi to be able to carry that torch. Yeah, I. Some people think that this roster has a chance to you know not succeed because maybe they don't have the leadership or whatever and i mean obviously every roster technically has a chance to maybe not be as good as you think but this roster in my mind is almost on the level of that phase roster where i have a hard time saying anybody's in the level that phase roster because nobody has even come close to being as consistent but in my mind i don't see a way this roster fails that's kind of where i'm at there is just so much talent and such a like based on the videos you've seen of them together and all the talk in the offseason, they seem to want to play together a lot, which half the time for these highly talented CDL rosters is damn near all that matters because, like, a team with these four players, the talent is insane. Like, it's pretty hard for them not to work unless, you know, maybe this isn't the team they wanted, but it seems like they really want to play together. And um, Kenny maybe brings some, like, sternness into the team that they haven't, had in a long time since maybe like a guy like Krim, to be honest. Yeah, like accountability. Yeah, just like, hey, if you're showing up late for practice or if you're screwing around in practice or like you're not trying to fix this bad play you keep making, like mm-hmm. like Octane was saying, that's why he thinks Kenny's going to be good for this team. Like Kenny's going to call you out. Like if you say, I'm not going to make this play anymore, I'm not going to hit this, you know, pinch with 20 seconds on the hill to flip spawns when I shouldn't. And then you do it again. He's going to say like, dude, what the hell are you doing? And he's going to pick that out. Um so I think it's good for this team because that seems to be what they need. Like the dashy Shotzi duo, the issue for those two has never been a talent thing. It's always been, you know, just maybe playing the game correctly and, you know, getting everything ironed out, which I think Kenny mm-hmm. will help with. Yeah. Even when you even when you win, Kenny will still point out the flaws because yeah. he wants to play perfect. <laughs> yeah, which is in any sport or esport what a good teammate would do. But Kyle knows and Brock knows and everybody knows. I'm just going to be beating the drum for this this team all year just because of Kenny. I'm just going to be defending him all year blindly. Yep, Mr. YY man. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Kyle with Octane, and he can't defend him anymore, sadly. Yeah, sadly. Oh, little Octane. All right. Our other top four roster, uh, and then we can fly through, you know, the, the more mid rosters, uh, is Insight. Scrappy, Kleenex, and Envoy, which I've said it. I believe this was the single most, um, like, biggest upgrade, I guess, for a one-for-one player that was made this offseason because mm-hmm. Hixie was, like, your dirty work sub, and he was dropping, like, a point eight, point nine, and they basically took Hixie, and they said, we're going to get the best dirty work sub in the league in Envoy, and then they just pack-a-punched Hixie extremely and then kept the same team that won an event last year, got second at Champs, 
And I, I think this team's incredible, but um curious your thoughts on this one. Yeah, I um obviously Envoy's another guy that I kind of ride for. Um Yeah. Toronto always kind of has they've kind of evolved into that hang around like in the top four discussion the last few mm-hmm. years. Um I I really like that uh that move that they made for uh you know Scrappy for Envoy or Envoy for Scrappy. Uh Kleenex, um I like him as a as a duo to Envoy. Uh yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have much else uh to say I, I think this will be another good team. Uh yeah. Playing on that uh Bell Five or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh this one just seems so easy though, right? It's like you picked up the best possible version of your weakest link from mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. It's like you took your team and you have a dirty work sub and then you replaced him with a uh, high upside slaying dirty work sub. So it's like there seems to be no downside unless maybe chemistry suffers because we know uh, Scrappy and Hixie were like a duo. So maybe it's that. But yeah, agree. This team is uh, pretty insane. I think they potentially have a, a like a, a sneaky chance that nobody's talking about except like a lot of the pros seem to think this team is going to be like top. But this team has a chance to even sneak in and get that number one spot in the regular season, I think, where. Teams like Optic could potentially see a little bit more inconsistency in New York. I think this team could step up and be the most consistent along with FaZe and, and battle for that one spot. But our last mm-hmm. confirmed roster is Boston uh, that you were talking about where Priesto wound up, which I think is pretty pretty good spot for him because as we talked about the remaining rosters, this is the last confirmed one, but of the rumored rosters, I think everybody is pretty much in agreement that this is easily the fifth best team. Um Yep. And it ends up being Slasher, Priesta, Snoopy, and Capsidal. So I don't know how much you know about Snoopy, but we saw him play basically just at Champs. It was the only time he's ever been in the Pro League. He just subbed in for Champs or Boston. He looked very good. He had a cracked POV. Um, people say, and specifically Doug Sensor Martin says he's the next Shotzi. Um, kind of a movement guy. will get in your face, uh, do a lot of the entry work. Maybe he's only going to drop like a 1.0 because he's so aggressive, but going to make a lot of impactful plays um but this team's interesting yeah i uh i like how boston's kind of investing in you know bringing in some like veteran talent like slasher and priesta and then kind of mm-hmm. uh comping that with you know two younger guys snoopy and cap uh we saw capsule on boston before obviously uh back in the vanguard i believe that was correct um yep yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know, and uh, I, I think you know, like you said, out of the remaining whatever rumored rosters there are, I, th- I think this team, you know, on paper at least, should be that you know consistent, like making a run at like you know getting into winners bracket and stuff and uh, mm-hmm. all that all that good stuff, but. Uh, you know, maybe on an off chance making it to like a, a you know, losers finals or a yeah. know, winners finals or something. But uh, I, I, I think there's just such a, uh, you know, congestion at the top that it's yeah. going to be kind of hard for any other team out of the top four to really like make a crack at it. Um, yeah. Un- un- unless they catch a team sleeping or something, you know, uh, mm-hmm. that's just kind of my read on that. Yeah, you're you're 100 right. It's it's going to be those top four consistently, but 
I'm in line with you that Boston seems like a team that if somebody's going to, you know, shake up the top, Boston could be that random team that makes a top four run, the top three run and kicks on one of these teams. But yeah, that's, yep. that's the consensus, especially because as we get on to the rest of these rosters, I think Brock will say the same thing. This is uh, definitely the best roster of these last five we're about to discuss. After yep. here, it gets a, a little bit rocky and you might have some harsh opinions on some of these rosters coming up. Yeah. Boston's got the sneaky chance, depending on how, uh, Stupid capsule plays and how ups how high their upside is. Yeah, and that's like I also agree with what you said. I'm pretty on par with you there, Kyle. Is that I like the veteran AR duo, and then they just want young and talent for the SMGs of what mm-hmm. was remaining. And it's to me that's what you have to do to try to crack this top four because, like you said, so top heavy, so much talent. So just pick up the two young subs that have a really cracked POV and you think have high upside, and just pray they can hit on that upside, and then maybe you have a chance to on the right day compete with those guys because. Let's be honest, when it comes down to it and you're trying to make a Sunday and trying to beat these teams on Sunday, you're going to have to have subs that can shoot with Shotzi and Pred uh, and Simp and Ibizi and Hydra and Kismet, uh, Envoy and Kleenex. You're, like, you're going to have to have subs that can shoot with them. So I like the fact that they went veteran ARs and just pick up the two most talented guys you think are out there on the sub. Um, let's talk about some maybe rough rosters now, Kyle. Let's, uh, let's hear your thoughts on Seattle, which is Arcides, Illy, Abuza and Hook. Once again, the rest of these are just rumors, but from what we've seen, apparently these these four rumors are very, very, very heavily confirmed, but not technically announced. Um, but Arcides, Ilya, Abuza, and Hook, and obviously Brock and I don't know that much about Abuza, uh, but for what it's worth, he was the best AR player in Challengers yep. next year, or last year, which proposes kind of an odd thing as you can see here because this team has three ARs um I guess maybe they're converting Abuza who was a, a slow main from what we've heard last year to a sub so interesting team here yeah I mean if you were to just say like Arcides Ilian Hook on a team that would you know pique my interest a little bit yep. um but I don't know I mean I did like I said like like you said we don't really know much about Abuza um I don't know anything about him. Uh, yeah. We know but, not uh, much either. Yeah, I mean, you know it's kinda, AR. <laughs> it's kind of interesting, uh, kind of like the trajectory that Arcides has kind of gone in recent years. Uh, not that, you know, anybody would be root pl- praying on his downfall or anything, but just hasn't really had the uh, had the success that people would have thought. Um, Illy, uh, you know, once thought of, you know, maybe still as like one of the, you know, best like flex players kind of in 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 the league, and then Hook, uh, you know, on his day can be like a super super talented sub, but I I don't know. I mean, this team doesn't really excite me that much, but you no. know, the Arcee's Ilian Hook just as names, you're you're definitely picking up three like really big names but i don't know how this team's gonna work i I don't know if you have any other thoughts brock but kyle basically just hit the copy and paste on what my brain was thinking of what i said about this team originally it's like the you know the sum of the parts is uh not great whereas like i like each individual player like he said rc's i think on his correct you know right team really good player same thing with illy hook high upside abuza was labeled the best player in challengers last year so like Individually, all these guys are really good, but together they don't make a lot of sense. And, you know, I guess if Abuza mm-hmm. was the best player in Challengers, maybe he can use a sub, but like 
why are we picking up the best player and making him change? Like, wouldn't you want him to do the role that made him the best player? You would think uh, so. <laughs> like, it, it's like when people tried to pick Lamar Jackson and make him a wide receiver. <laughs> like, the dude was really good at something. Why are we changing it? Like, this team, if they really wanted Arcides, it should, as much as I love Illy, it should be Abuza and Arcides or Abuza and Illy. Like, it should not, he should not be forced to change his role. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, individually, players are really good. I guess if Abuza can be an absolutely cracked sub, I can see where this team could succeed. That's like their recipe for success, I guess I would say, is if Abuza actually is a really good sub, um, I can see this team being good because then the roles make sense and they have high upside subs. But yeah, it just makes no sense to pick up a player who was the best at something and just change his role immediately. Yeah, I agree. I just feel like this team has too many uh, players that have bad games. A hundred percent. It's just inconsistency across the board. Who mm-hmm. would go from a 1.2 online to a 0.8 on land last year? Illy is, you know, has his his big games, but we know he has his bad games. And Arcides is the same way. You're you're hundred percent right. Just so much inconsistency across the board. Where if they're hitting on the same day, but if they're hitting, then could never, be good. But know. there's going to be some days where the three of them have a 0.6, and it's going to be rough. Yeah, Boots is going to have B in hell. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Minnesota, Kyle. I, Linz was Abuza's duo in Challengers last year. He was a sub that was like viewed as a really good player, too, I believe, because Abuza's from Belgium, uh, and Linz is French, I believe. So, uh, really good sub player, but coming from overseas again. And they have a rumored roster of Accuracy, Awakening, Vivid, and Linz, what a lot of people are calling Seattle Surge, like Diet Seattle Surge. Um, Because (laughs) they went for, you know, a cracked uh, non-North American sub in Linz. And then they have Vivid, you know, the inconsistent second sub. People are calling him Mac. And then the heavy slaying flex in uh, Awakening, they're equating to Sib, and then Accuracy stays the same. So they're saying Accuracy just got his light version of the last two years of Seattle Surge. Yeah, I don't. I mean, Minnesota, you know, one of the one of the organizations that I really ride yep. for, rode for. I don't know what my, you know, if if I'm still a huge uh, Minnesota rocker stan or not uh, yeah. remains to be seen. I guess uh, they kind of, you know, kind of didn't live up to what I thought they would eventually. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it seems. Uh, you know, like accuracy is just kind of continuing to you know plot along in the CDL, uh, taking <laughs> you know take, taking get, playing shows. You know, kind of like a a dying off musician almost. It seems like you know just t- taking gigs where whoever's offering. You know, um, I, I I still think Big Wake's got a little bit left to say in his career, mm-hmm. and then obviously you have like Vivid still, uh, you know, finding finding roles here and then it'd be interesting to see how you know Linz does i guess but uh, uh this just seems like uh you know a classic like mid-tier team if there is one you know? yep yep agreed there i will say brock and i are kind of almost bound to like jokingly support this team because we've like people were really criticizing accuracy and we both like accuracy so we just like hopped on like i was with bance back in cold war we just like hopped on the defending accuracy train for fun. And then we also discovered last year that we didn't know this, that Vivid is the only CDL player that born and raised in Wisconsin. Um, yep. 
like Brock and I, so we just randomly are like, shoot, they got on the same team and it's Minnesota who we usually support. So we're kind of like, screw it. Even if the team is 12th, we're going to ride for them because they got the only Wisconsin CDL player uh, and they have accuracy. And it's the yeah. rocker who, like you said, you and I, Kyle, I've always supported them. And then like, I don't know, it's funny. But yeah, you're right. This roster is pretty middle of the road or whatever. Like no, nothing special here. Pretty mid. Um, but it's not yeah. bad for what's, I guess, left. Is Yeah. Once again, it's so interesting with how stacked those top four teams are. It's like the rosters in the middle and the bottom aren't going to look as good this year, most likely, because all the talent concentrated in those top four. Yeah. Um, we've got the Florida rumor. Uh, I don't know if you saw the 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 leak, Kyle, of their their logo. They basically just like copy and pasted the Dolphins, and just like made it say Miami Heretics. Yeah, the, I know. Like, what's uh, up with that? Uh, <laughs> they, so they copied, I guess like like they copied like the orange and green. Yeah, yeah, like that aqua green and orange, yeah. and they basically just made it look like the Dolphins logo, but it says Miami Heretics. It's uh interesting, but sounds like the the buyout is it was happening, then it wasn't happening, and now I guess it's happening. Uh, so Heretics is joining the league, which is. In terms of the CDL landscape is a huge W because the Spanish scene is massive and the Spanish following and heretics, the organization's following is huge. So them coming into the league is, is very good for the international landscape and everything, but they're going all Spanish roster. So uh, Lucky and Journey uh, were on that. Actually, was Metals in the team too, Brock? He was, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Metals was. Yeah. That heretics, um, Black Ops 4 team. So those three are coming over. The weird thing about this roster is like, the rumor is five players, and we know Vickel is going to be on there because he performed pretty well last season on the Florida Mutineers, and he's also a Spanish player. So we know he's going to be there, but they have five players rumored on the roster. We don't know who's going to start. It's Vickel, Metals, Eric Boom, Lucky, and Journey. And from what I would think, Eric Boom is supposed to be like the other cracked, young, challengers, Spanish player. So I would think he's safe on the roster. But after that, I don't know what three of the, the Heretics trio are going to make it. But from what I've heard, I'm pretty sure like every single one of these guys are all subs. Like, really? I know Metals was, and I know Journey was. I thought I thought maybe Lucky was the one that ran a flex, ran a Maddox. But like, everybody's been saying like literally all four, if not five of these players are submachine gun players. So weird, <laughs> but I get what they're doing. Obviously, you know, with Heretics coming in and being the Spanish brand, they wanted to go with an all Spanish roster. So this is a yeah. hard one to evaluate just because like, they had such limitations on what roster they could build if they were going the all Spanish player route, you know? Yeah. They definitely yeah, I, need to see I, though. Yeah, I have no comment other than yeah, you know, at least they're staying true to their ownership or whatever, and Heretics being a Spanish org, at least they're gonna go with a Spanish roster, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Vickle was good last year. Eric Boom is supposed to be one of the top challengers players and that Heretics team was like a consistent top eight team back when we had 16 teams in the CWL and we had 32 team champs and everything. They were consistently finishing in, you know, the top eight, top six. Uh, so this team, you know, maybe could surprise people. And I hope they do because, you know, having that massive Spanish fan base and the stream spamming Vamos like they were back in Black Ops 4. Uh, <laughs> let's be honest. Anytime there's good international representation and that fan base comes over, it's... Uh, makes for something interesting. Like the few times London has made a run at a tournament makes the tournament interesting, like instantly more interesting than it normally is. Yep. Um, then our last rumor, Kyle, uh, a team that you have also tended to support here and there, your boy Octane, obviously on the team for a while. LAT, uh, a rumored roster of Cami, Ghosty, Afro, and Joe Deceives. So the community thoughts on this one are interesting because Brock and I ended up 
both of us on the more positive side. So I think our thoughts on the team were higher than the like whole of the community. It seems like the community hates this team. Some people are okay with it, but it's a it's an interesting roster. Obviously, they're taking another player from Optic and trying to roll with him and Ghosty. But I'm curious your thoughts on this one. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have opinions on Joe Deceives. I don't really know who he is. Uh, <laughs> no. good. Um, Cammy, obviously, uh, I I like Cammy as a player. I think I think he's a good a good piece to build around. Uh, Afro, good sub. Uh, yep. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I don't have anything bad to say about it. It's just it doesn't. It. I guess if you were to tell me that this is LA Los Angeles, like this is Hundred Thieves team, I would be yeah. a little bit surprised because like it seems like they're lacking their like star power, their name power. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but if you would. I guess this is just the direction they're going to go this year and see how it see how it rolls. I was going to say you'd think that they like typo and it should say lag instead of lat or something <laughs> exactly like. yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it should say i think i mean the main reason it sounds like behind it is because like nate shot i don't know if you saw that clip but like nate shot did a, a podcast where he said like the year they won champs they lost like two million dollars on yeah, their call of duty I, program i'll i need a deep dive into that but yeah so like i guess maybe it's a, a money saving tactic but also at the same time like once again, rosters are going to look a little worse. But what I will say about this roster, since it's you know not one of the top four teams, is I've been the biggest Cami supporter. But at Brock and I talked about this, like I think it was like last week or something. At some point, yeah, we can't keep zero. calling yeah. him and asking for Cold War Cami. Mm-hmm. Like, at this yeah. point, Cold War yeah. is was Vanguard MW two. Now we're on the third game since Cold War. Long time ago. Uh, yeah. So like I do believe that that's somewhere in there. But at some point, it's going to be like when you're talking about like. After all those years when we were talking about like 2012 Derek Rose and it was like 2016. It's like at some point we got to give it up that he's not going to hit that level. But Ghosty, I know you probably don't know a ton about Ghosty, but he was like very good on optic. Like talking like people are saying like octane level comms, um, but also was dropping like a 1.3 in challengers before he came onto optic and was a dirty work player. So he does have a lot of upside. Um and then Afro, obviously, you know, he has a lot of upside. And Joe Deceives, like, people are somewhat low on him. But Brock and I both um, believe, like, when you see him, he has one of those POVs you watch, uh, and it's just snappy. Like, he gets some two pieces that you're like, most players don't get those. So I think there's some potential mm-hmm. there. So, like, I like that they have a lot of high upside players because, once again, when you're in these non-top four teams, you just got to say, screw it, go for upside, and pray it works, in my opinion. Yeah, and Joe was basically the only bright spot for LEG last season. Yeah. Even when they're all struggling. Yeah, they'd lose every match, but it'd be like, wow, Joe had a 50 bomb in that one hard point. Yeah, or, or when we saw Joe Deceives at the, the Madison, when he went completely, went completely off. Yeah, we started calling him Madison Joe or Wisconsin Joe because, like, I'm not kidding you, Kyle. We went to, they had, like, those Minnesota home series, and Brock and I went with a couple friends to the Madison <laughs> matches, and I'm not kidding you in the series there. I think Joe Deceives dropped, like, a 1.8. Maybe 1.9. It was like insane. <laughs> this guy was frying. We were, he dropped 40, like every map, every how he spawn. Yeah. So everybody, we were calling him Wisconsin Joe for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it for rosters, though, because per usual, LAG, Vegas, and London are giving us nothing. Um, funny thing is, no clay on any of these rosters or attach. Uh, a lot of... Big names, you know, yet to maybe find a, a landing spot. Even guys like Standy, Tej, there are a ton of names. Um, Bants. Bants, yeah, that don't have rosters. The whole 
London squad basically from last year, all those guys, like a lot of guys that just don't have anything announced. So we'll be curious to see where all those veterans land. But are you guys ready to talk some NFL football? That's what uh, we're mainly here for today is a special episode. Um, Let's talk some football. So uh, Kyle and I were talking about this before I started the podcast, but I think the funniest uh, thing about us talking NFL football is we are fans of three different teams here. Um, Brock and I both from Wisconsin, neither of us Packer fans. Um, but it's not often you do a, a podcast or talk football with three different teams. Um, and honestly, the team probably with the best chance to have a, a successful season immediately is the the Lions fan. It's probably not often nope. that that's ever happened. So Brock's a Falcons fan for those of you that don't know, and I am a Colts fan. And then Kyle is a Lions fan, and Kyle and I were joking that it's pretty funny that the the Lions fan is the one with the highest expectations. Going into the season because that, that mm-hmm. hasn't happened for you too often in your lifetime, Kyle, has it? I don't think it's ever happened. <laughs> uh, it's it's funny though. Yeah, no, I, uh, you know, the local sports talk radio for you know twelve hours a day is just nonstop. What happened in training camp today? It's like yeah. I could I couldn't care less what happened <laughs> in training camp today. Um, besides Jamison Williams, you know tweaking his hammy or whatever yeah uh, and he but, gets I mean, a suspension is wild yeah, yeah, yeah he has that gambling <laughs> suspension for six games but you know alvin Kamara almost killed somebody on camera three games jameson williams bet on an nba game six games makes sense Gor- about Gordon it smoked weed this season yeah <laughs> uh, like it, it's the the suspensions make no sense but you want to yeah. so our layout that we want to do and we can do whatever, but I was going to say like, we all give our, our predictions for how the divisions are going to finish. And then we'll talk about award winners. So like rookie of the year on offensive defense, player of the year on offensive defense, MVP. I feel like comeback is kind of, that's not really a good award to predict. Cause it's just so like random and some random guy coming back from an injury. And then maybe pick our super bowl teams and winner or something. And like, as we go on the list, if there's like interesting teams you want to talk about, just start talking about them or something. So, um, Let's kick it off in the NFC. Let's do the whole NFC first, because I feel like the AFC is, unless you guys disagree, I mean, both of your teams are in the NFC, obviously, so maybe you're a little more interested in it, but I think everybody would say the AFC is clearly the more fun conference. So many good yeah. teams. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas in the NFC, you're kind of scratching and clawing to find seven playoff teams. In the AFC, you're like, how are we going to cut this down to seven? Um, right. Let's start with, let's just go north, south, east, west. So we'll start right away with your division, Kyle. And we'll let you kick this one off for what you think standings are going to be because your team's in it and it's it's the NFC North now. I will say, like you said, everybody's it seems like at least excited about the Lions uh, in the Lions fandom. I will say, I know obviously a lot of Packer fans, almost everybody I know is a Packer fan around here. Uh, and they are like so confident somehow and seem to be like, I'll believe it when I see it thing about the Lions. Like they're like, they're the preseason darling that's going to fizzle out and, uh, Packer fans are still, it seems to be pretty confident that they're Jordan Love's going to pick up where Rodgers left off and win the division from what I hear talking to a lot of my friends. Yeah, I mean, I you could convince me that this that any of these four teams could kind of win the conference with like a 9-8 and eight record, and I would probably believe you. Yeah. Um, just because I, I don't think they'll, I don't think any team is going to run away with like 13 or 14 wins here. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have to stick to my guns and say that the Lions are gonna yeah. get it done. I, I think that they they've got good depth. Uh 
at the, you know, their offensive line is pretty good. I think uh, defensively, they're right there. Um, and I, I, I think it really comes down to uh, offensive skill position depth. I, I, I think they're going to, yeah, on paper at least, they might struggle at the wideout position. I think Amon Ra is like a, a really good wide receiver yeah. one for us. Agreed. But then I think people were really hoping that JMO would kind of come in. Uh, obviously, he's dealing with a suspension now and an injury on top of that. Um, yeah. So there, there's a lot of JMO, uh, you know, fear going around Detroit now. Like, is he a is he a bust? Question mark. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't know. Um. But yeah, I I think Lions are going to be like. 11 and 6 or 10 and 7 and somehow find a way to win the division. Um I like it. But shortly like following quick on their heels, I I think that the rest of the division might only finish like a game or two out, but I mm-hmm. have them falling Vikings, Packers <clears throat> and Bears and then Bears rounding it out. Um, okay. But I I I think all these teams I think all those teams will be sitting around like anywhere from like 6 to 9 wins. Okay. Um, I, I think I it's gonna it. be a do- it's gonna be a dogfight though in the NFC North. Yeah, not definitely not a division where you've got like a clear standout. Like you can realistically, like you said, I don't really think you can pick the Bears personally, but yeah. I think you can realistically pick the other three. Um, because yeah, I have the arguments for all of them. The Packers maybe Love is really good. Vikings are the defending champs with a ton of wins. Maybe they can repeat it. And then you got the Lions. You want to give your standings prediction, Brock? And I'll go last. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of with Kyle for the most part. I do think the Lions will win the division. <laughs> they have a, they have a lot of talent. They do, especially on offense. I think. Yeah, and their defense it will, got a lot better at towards the end of last year. Um, right. yeah, I'll go the Lions number one. And I'll pick the Packers to sneak in number two. The Vikings will. You know, have a little bit of off year with Kirk Cousins. Maybe how he plays, and then the Bears. Not quite I, as good. I am. I battled with both of your standings. I had the same thing as both of you. I went. I said I was going to pick the Packers and just be like, they always seem to find a way. Like somebody wins the division once, like the Vikings did last year, and the Packers own it for three more years in a row or something. And then maybe the Bears would win it one year, and the Packers own it for three more years again. Yeah. Um, so I was going to pick the Packers and say they get back to that, but it. Yeah, the Lions, for whatever reason, seem to be the most safe team. Although it is weird that like the Vikings didn't lose a ton of players. I mean, Dalvin Cook's probably a big loss. Maybe Thielen will be a bigger loss than you think. But the Vikings did win, what, 13 games last year? And everybody's just like writing them off, which does seem a little bit weird. So I thought about even picking them. But I decided to go Lions, Packers, Vikings, and Bears as well. I do agree with both of you. I think almost any team could win this division. But I'm not on. I'm not so much sold on the whole Bears thing. Like I don't see them jumping from the number one pick to competing for the division this year. Uh, I don't know. I just like Justin Fields has a lot of talent, but like, I want to see him like actually throw for something besides running for 12, 1300 yards. Yeah. I want to see him throw for 3000 yards at least. Uh, see something like that, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty in par with you guys in that division. Um, let's just head right away, Brock to, to your division. Now the NFC South, (laughs) uh, we talked about a, maybe a weak division in the North. This might be the weakest division in football, in my opinion. I mean, <laughs> yes, got Desmond Ritter, Derek Carr, uh, Baker Mayfield, and Bryce Young leading the teams. 
Uh, so obviously Bryce Young, a lot of hype around him, number one pick, but maybe not the best roster around him. And then Baker, uh, journeyman at this point, Derek Carr uh, on a new team, and then Desmond Ritter getting his first chance to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, Desmond Ritter slash uh, Taylor Heineke. Yeah, we know Brock, Kyle Brock is like a Taylor Heineke stan, and then he went to the Falcons, and it's like, I've never seen Brock so torn to want to watch his young quarterback starter. He just wants to cheer for Heineke. <laughs> so good. After what, I, what, after what I saw against the Buccaneers in that playoffs like a couple years ago. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I have less investment in this division, but I will say, Brock, I had no idea where to go. I feel like the consensus pick for most people, I think, is the Saints in this division because they always seem to finish around 500 and then they did upgrade at quarterback. Like They basically had nothing last year when Jameis uh, was hurt. Mm-hmm. So I guess Derek Carr would obviously be an upgrade over like Ian Book and whatever random Andy Dalton they were strolling out there last year. I, I would say Derek Carr's an upgrade, but I'm going to go different. I'm picking your Falcons to win the division. I pick Kyle's Lions. Go. I'm going to pick your Falcons. I think they might win it at like a nine and eight, though. Yeah, um, I was thinking I saw the same like, thing. <laughs> you and I were talking about this like yesterday. I saw like a screenshot of their schedule and it looked pretty easy to me. Like they play the Lions early on in the Packers, which could be tough games, but like their division obviously is pretty weak, so they could get a lot of wins from there. But I, I'm picking Falcons to f- uh, to finish in the lead. Saints, I think, will be trailing right behind, like uh, right behind them. I think this could come down to like a final week thing. Uh, Falcons, Saints, uh, and then I'm going to okay. pick the Bucks to finish third. And I think I think the Panthers are going to really struggle this year. Um, mm-hmm. Bryce Young at quarterback, even though I think he could be a pretty good player. I think as a team they're going to struggle. So I'm going Falcons, Saints, Bucks, Panthers. Yeah, um, for me. For Falcons, I'm picking the Falcons, obviously. Maybe do nine <laughs> wins or ten wins at most. I don't think okay. above 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 that. But Saints, I, yeah, I'm mean, I'm picking the Saints. I was about to pick someone else. Yeah, never mind. I'm picking the Saints <laughs> with eight wins. You know, and then I'll pick Tampa Bay, sneak up in there, and then Carolina with like four or five wins. Okay. I think I feel like Carolina and Tampa Bay is gonna be everybody's consensus bottom two, and I, I think it's a yeah. pick. Between it just that, depends maybe, on how uh, Desmond Raider does with the talent yeah. around offense. Maybe Kyle's going to switch it up. Maybe Kyle's is ready for Bryce Young to lead the Panthers to division title. Uh, no, I think uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm actually going to uh, say that Atlanta is going to win the division. I think it's going to be like a nine and eight situation yep. here. Um, obviously, NFC South just inherently has been a really weak division recently. Um I am going to say Carolina is going to finish second, though. I, okay. I, have a, I have a sneaky feeling about Carolina. Um, not that they're going to make any kind of wild card push or anything, but uh, and then I'm going to put New Orleans third, and then the Bucks are going to finish last. Um, but just for, I, I don't really have a really uh, good reason why New Orleans would finish third and Carolina second, but I'm just going to ride with that and. We'll, we'll yeah. reevaluate. Yeah, it's. I mean, that division also. It's like so many question marks. It's. It's kind of like when we go to the other South, the AFC South. It's just all new quarterbacks except one, and you're just kind of like throwing a dart at the dartboard and kind of thinking because like none of these teams really are crazy impressive. You're just kind of like, yeah, it's a feeling for this team, and yeah, you can't really like go against it because it's. Uh, it's kind of like eh, whatever. Um, Falcons on top, though. Yeah, Falcons on top. Uh, we got somewhat of a defense now compared to what we had <laughs> last year. Was was actually zero. They did pick up who Jesse Bates. They had they picked up Jeff Okuda from the Lions, but then he got hurt again. I didn't ever actually see what the severity of it was, but I saw he got carted off. Yeah, 
they picked up like Bud Dupree, I think. <laughs> Cal- uh, Calais Campbell, maybe. I think they got Calais. Yeah, so they picked up a bunch of vet vets on defense, and which was obviously their weakness. But they got weapons on offense too. Bijan coming in obviously instantly becomes the top running back in the league. You would think with his level of talent, Drake London, an early pick last year, and obviously Kyle Pitts has a ton of talent. And if they actually use him, um, probably won't. Yeah, they like refused to use him last year. But yeah, they have a lot of like freak athlete weapons. Bijan, Kyle Pitts, Drake London's uh, a good receiver. So they have a lot of weapons uh, for Ritter to at least get the ball to. At least he's coming into a team uh, with a lot to throw to and a good running back behind him. But yeah. we go to a, a much more loaded division. Three teams that made the playoffs last year and all three won playoff games. Uh, the NFC East, obviously the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. Um Close Super Bowl had a chance to win it. Uh, the Giants took out the Vikings in the playoffs last year, and then the Cowboys beat the Bucks last year in the playoffs. So, three teams in this division won a playoff game last year. Uh, the NFC East for a while there was down, but seems to be back up. And I don't know. You want to kick us off on this one, Kyle? Or you think this? Uh, gonna- yeah, I I'll go ahead. Um, I think Philly's gonna repeat, or Philly's gonna be the division champion. Uh, I don't. I don't I'm not buying Dallas. I think that the media just loves Dallas and Jerry <laughs> Jones so much that they'll inflate them. Uh I think Dak Prescott's still got a lot to prove as a quarterback in the NFL. Um he's got he's got boatloads of weapons, uh Tony Pollard taking over the RB one slot for them. Uh from, you know, that they were trying to share with Zeke and now Zeke's gone. Um I think, you know, CeeDee Lamb. Uh, Brandon they, Cooks. Yeah, Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Uh, they, they just got boatloads of weapons, but I, I think Dak is kind of where they fall short. Um, he's definitely been plagued with injuries and stuff. Um, I'm a big believer in Jalen Hurts up on Philly. Uh, obviously, uh, they got, uh, you know, boatloads of uh, wide receivers there, too. Um, and then you got the the scrambling ability of Hertz as well. Um, for So I, I think it's going to go Philly-Dallas, and then I'm going to pick uh, Washington to edge out New York for the third spot. Okay. The okay. NMI football giants will finish last. I, I have almost the same thing as you. I battled hard on that third and fourth place. I didn't know what to do. Um, I also picked the Eagles. I think they are best team in the nfc i would probably say still uh, i think yeah. they're easily better than any team in the the north or south and maybe you got some teams uh in the west namely the niners the the old um nfc championship game from last year i think maybe you can battle with them but i just simply trust jalen hurts a lot more than i trust uh brock purdy i guess um but i agree i think the eagles are going to repeat in this division uh i like the cowboys in second but kind of the same thing when it comes down to hurts versus uh, Dak, I have a lot more faith in Hurts, and I battled with Commanders and Giants. Actually, I really, I just came down to like, I don't know if I trust Sam Howell, and then I was like, well, did I really trust Daniel Jones? So then I was like in a, a conundrum in my head, didn't know where to go, but I decided to go Giants third just because, um, I like Dable as a coach and the fact that they were able to win a playoff game last year. I think bodes well for them at least to have like a seven win season this year, which I think could be more than the commanders. Uh, however, I will say I really like the commanders, basically entire roster around the quarterback, like their defensive front, their defensive line is extremely good. 
Uh, they were pretty good secondary. And then on offense, I like Jahan Dotson a lot. Um, I like Terry McLaurin a lot. Uh, I like the running back duo, Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson. Um, a lot of things to like there. It's just they're starting a fifth round quarterback in the second year. So it's tough to tough to predict them to do extremely well. But I'm going to have the commanders in last and Giants in third. But I, I really struggled with that pick. Yeah. Uh, I basically have the same thing. But I've picked the Philly, the Philly Eagles, you know, just overall good team. After Dallas Jer- Cowboys, Jerry World, you know, they'll have probably like 10 wins, make the playoffs, and then just choke like normal in there. <laughs> Typical. And then, oh man, I do like the Commanders. So do I, and I still picked them last. I do. I, it's tough. <laughs> if, they, if they had Taylor Heineke run quarterback, maybe I'd pick them to win it all uh... in the division, but they don't. So I'll pick Grass Goblin, Danny Dimes, with some Saquon and Brian Dable. Finished third, and the Commanders finished fourth. This was, I don't know if you guys disagree. Maybe since Kyle picked the Giants last, he doesn't agree. But this was like the first division I battled with because, I mean, three of them did make the playoffs. But like, this is the one division where I was like, I could talk myself into, even if it was far-fetched, I could like talk myself into a way all four teams could make the playoffs, especially the Giants since they were there last year. But like, even if the Commanders roster, like it's so good around them, like, and they always win like eight games recently. So like, Mm -hmm. I could like kind of talk myself into a way I think they could at least get a wild card. This was like the first division I could do that in, I think. Yeah. Same. Um, all right. Last division in the NFC, the West. Uh, we've got the Niners, Seahawks, Cardinals, Rams in here. Uh, I feel like there's a pretty consensus bottom team. A lot of people think they might be the worst team in the league this year. Uh, that's the Cardinals. So I dropped them down into last. Um, then with the other three, I was kind of curious on where you guys would go because the Rams had obviously a very down le- uh down year last year. Um they were the defending champs and then had a, a terrible season staffer got hurt and everything. Um the Niners, I think potentially roster wise around the quarterback, have one of the best rosters in the league. So I still pick the Niners to win this one. I think we might see some regression from the Seahawks, but I like they brought in JSN. I think him and DK and Tyler Lockett, along with you know Charbonnet, Kenneth Walker in the backfield. I think they have a ton of weapons around Geno, which is what you need to do surround a, a quarterback, more of a game manager kind of quarterback. You got to surround him with weapons. So I decided to go Seahawks in second. I think they're going to sneak into a wild card potentially, but I really battled because I think if Stafford's healthy, the Rams could just sneak right back up and be a playoff team again. But I decided to go Niners, Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals. But I do think depending on how the other divisions go, this could be a, a division that has potential with the three wild card spots. I think this, uh, this division could have two wild cards. I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Yeah. Um, for me, I picked. I always sent the Cardinals. They're they're last because you know they don't get Kyler. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, I'm picking the Rams at third still. I just feel like their time they won it. No, I just don't feel like they're gonna get back to the the good old Rams. Yeah. Which is tough, but I just don't think so. And then. I am picking the Seahawks to win a division over okay. the 49ers because the quarterback concerns with the 49ers, even though the rest of the team is really good around them. But, you know, I'm a big believer in this guy named Gino. <laughs> I love I, me some Gino. I don't hate it because I also have a lot of questions. I'm not like people are like just writing off like, oh, Mr. Relevant, Brock Purdy, he's some like franchise savior and he's so good with Shanahan. But I'm like not sold on that thought at all so i don't hate the pick at all i just was like you know that roster is just so good 
and mm-hmm. Shanahan just seems to make every offense work there uh, until it comes time to you know NFC Championship or Super Bowl. Yeah, they'll choke it away. Um, but I, yeah, I'm I'm on board with you there. I, I think that it's possible for the Seahawks to win, but I, I'm still going Niners. But yeah, the the distrust of the quarterback room in in San Francisco, I I agree with. It's actually, I just feel like they're built just for the playoffs in general. Yeah, they always seem to, even like last year, I thought that they were going to be one of the worst teams, and then they hung around and they made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I find a way. Where are you going with this one, Kyle? Yeah, I'm obviously hard to deny 49ers defense carrying them. The offense will find a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're clearing away going to win the division in my book, unless something tragic happens. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Cardinals are the fourth team. No doubt about that. Um, but what to do with the Rams and Seattle? I think you talked me into Seattle being the number two team there, Ryan. Uh, yeah. Go ahead and flip flop. I had initially had Rams just because of like the offensive explosion, and then uh, you know that they can create with uh, Cooper Cup and Cooper Cup. Uh, <laughs> he's like the only center. He's like. <laughs> Yeah, wide receiver one, wide receiver one. Uh, even though you, you know that he's going to get the ball, somehow he still finds a way to get the ball. Um, yeah, he's going to have 190 catches this year or something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to pick Seattle. I think they're just a more well-rounded team. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it could be a... a I, I definitely agree that this, this uh, NFC West could have you know, definitely one, if not two, uh, wild card slots there. Yeah, I just like in a world where if Stafford and Cup are healthy, I could see um, the Rams being around ten uh, with the current Seahawks roster. I could see them being around ten, and I could see the Niners being at ten plus. That's why I think like there's a realistic chance they could get ten, and then they might be like a an eleven, a ten, a nine, and then like a two for the Cardinals in terms of wins. They mm-hmm. might be way down there but yeah it just like just like we all thought in the year 2023 or i guess 2024 season we might predict uh the team led by brock purdy and geno smith to take out stafford and kyler murray's teams huh just like we all thought on that point is, <laughs> yeah um you want to move over to the afc where in my opinion things get a lot more interesting and where our predictions could really get way different because like when i was going through these like where we're going to start the North, I legitimately could be talking to all four teams winning the division in the North. Uh, that's a some tough might not, one. Some people might not think the Steelers, but I could legitimately, the Steelers, I mean, Mike Tomlin's never been below 500. Like, even last so, year, they found so a way good. to do it. Like, I could be convinced that every team in some way is going to win the division. Uh, the South is maybe a little bit more, you know, you get some bad teams in there. But then even the AFC East, I think three teams could win that. And the West, I think, two teams for sure you could make an argument for and the AFC is, is loaded. There are going to be good teams that miss the playoffs in the AFC this year. So let's start with the North, maybe the toughest division to predict. Um, I could see myself getting this completely wrong. Um, I contemplated not having the Bengals in first because of Burrow's injury. You know, they said he might miss a few weeks. You don't know. Maybe he'll come back a little bit slow and the Bengals tend to start slow. I, I saw a thing that they, they've started like five and four. And like back to back years in their good run so far. So like they start a little slow and there's some good teams in this division. If they if they start slow at the gate, they could just dig themselves a hole, especially if Burrow does miss a few weeks. Um, but I did go Bengals one just because I do think when fully healthy, they're the best team. 
I decided to go Ravens too because I think if Lamar can finally get a full season, I think Odell, Zay Flowers, maybe they added some some weapons. Maybe J.K. Dobbins can finally be healthy and not limping down the field oh, on his breakaway <laughs> run. Um, and the Ravens always find a way, it seems, to have uh, at least an average defense, if not better. So I, I think I'm going to take the Ravens too, and I think they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, I ended up going Steelers 3 because, once again, Mike Tomlin, never under 500, always finds a way to get to eight or nine wins. Um, I think the Steelers are going to grind it on. I think they're going to be in the wild card race down to the end, but I don't know that I'm going to have them making it. It's just so tough because I think there's legit three divisions where three teams could make it, and obviously that can't all happen. Um, but I went Steelers three, and I went Browns four, and like I said, I think there's a world where the Browns win this division. If Watson is back to you know pre-allegations Watson in... Uh, Houston, where he was like a top five quarterback for a year or two there. If he's playing yeah. like that, this Browns roster is pretty good, and I could see them winning the division uh, in the right year. But I ended up picking them last and could look back on this and be like, wow, the Browns had 12 wins. Why did I do that? Yep. Yeah. It's a tough dis- decision. Division yeah. to pick. It's Man. insane. Okay. Um, for me, I'm going with the revenge story. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are going to go first. In the division, with the good old Justin Tucker by his side, <laughs> love me Kyle some Justin Brock Tucker. Is like a Justin Tucker stand. We have a dynasty fantasy football league where, <laughs> for whatever reason, we kept kickers in, uh, and we were just gonna just remove kickers from the league altogether. But Brock was like a one man lobbying group just to keep kickers in because he wanted Justin Tucker just on his roster so bad. Max oh, Tucker oh. stand. But when he retires, we can get we can take his out. <laughs> Justin Tucker, Stan. Facts. Um, I'll pick the Bengals second because you know weapons: Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon. Don't like that guy, but yeah. <laughs> Joe Joe Burrow when he comes back does a stain while he's in while he's out for a while. I'll pick them second, and then I'll pick the Steel Curtain third because you know the grind, the grit, the shiesty mess from Joe George Pickens. <laughs> Can they always find it? a way. Najee, Jalen Warren, and TJ Watt, if he doesn't get hurt for like fifth time in a row, feels like. Yeah. I'll pick them third, and then I'll pick the Cleveland Browns, number fourth. But I do. I feel like it's going to be a really close race overall. Yeah, I, this is an insane division to predict, and I wouldn't even be shocked if all of a sudden Kyle hits us with Browns at first, like it, and it wouldn't even be a crazy pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, nah, I'm going to... They pretty. I'm going to stay between the mayo and the mustard here. I think it's going to be the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals. Uh, all all signs point to them probably having the best shot at winning this division. Um, then I I got to go with uh, my guy John Harbaugh. Um, I, I don't know why I said my guy. He's not my guy, but um, <laughs> I mean he, he's he's a really good NFL coach, is what I'll say. Um, and you know the Ravens are just such always. They're, they're always in the conversation. Uh, I don't think I've ever, you know, I guess the, the biggest thing they had to contend with this offseason was re-signing Lamar. Yeah. Um, there was actually a lot of call in Detroit for them to get rid of Goff and get Lamar, like go after I Lamar I saw that. Hard. Um, I, I was kind of indifferent on that, but. Yeah. Um, uh, third place. Um. I'm going to be a little contrarian. I'm going to say Cleveland uh, will take third. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that 
you know, they definitely have the ability to do that. It, 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 but they really got to have Deshaun Watson show up. Uh, yeah, I think that's, you know, obviously you can't have a a good team without an NFL quarterback. Um, I think they have just enough offensive weapons. Nick Chubb, one of the better running backs out there. Um, and then Steelers. I, I don't feel good about taking this, saying the Steelers are going to be the fourth team in this division, but I know um, I'm just not a uh, a big uh, Kenny Pickett fan. Uh, yeah, so, I, I it's know. fair though. It's fair to put them forth. There, there's not a single team I feel comfortable putting forth in this division, though. Yeah, yeah. Because like where we're going to go next, uh, I think if you insert almost any of the four teams into this next division, I think they would potentially win it. Um, and that's the AFC South. Uh, this division feels like almost the most heavily picked in one way division. I think of any of them. Cause I feel like everybody is picking the Jags to win this division. Um, whereas like all the divisions we've done, you maybe have some debate. I feel like the Eagles are pretty heavily picked in the NFC East and maybe the Niners and the NFC West, but the Jags as weird as it sounds might be one of the most heavily picked teams. Um, in this Probably. upcoming season, so AFC South, obviously, we're to to my team's division. I'll let you guys go first. I'm interested to hear you say, and I'll I'll round out this one. Um, all right, I'll go first. To me, I don't know. I just the, the Texans will struggle with CJ Stroud around, so I pick them as dead last. Okay. I. I Really want to pick the Tennessee Titans to finish second to last. <laughs> Not gonna lie. My least favorite team in the NFL, so I, I would welcome it with open arms. I'm doing it. I don't know. I don't really. <laughs> will Levis, whoever they're going to serve to Ryan Tannehill. I don't really like the team that much, to be honest. The plays around it. It's okay. They're, they're so coaches. boring they're... to watch. Boring to watch. Jack Henry's <laughs> wheels is going to fall off any moment. But they're well coached. They're a pretty good coach. My favorite. Yeah, that is 100% true. So, yeah, I'm picking the Colts to go, you know, second place with AR action. Maybe uh, Jonathan Taylor, if he let's get straight. Uh, we'll see. Michael Pittman. There you go. Now you're talking about my favorite player in the NFL. Johnny Woods. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I, I like the Colts and AR if he, you know, if the, if the hype is all around them, like they say it is. But then I got to pick the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, T-Law season. Oh, man. It's hard they not seem to like the very out. consensus pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pundos, they have a lot, they have a lot of pressure in them. And then, then finish, you know, maybe like like five, six wins and be disappointed. Yeah. I, that's what I was going to say. I, I will say something is wrong in the world when the consensus pick in two divisions is the Jags and Lions. One of those <laughs> things can't be true, it feels like. Yeah. There's always uh, something that disappoints. Yeah, because those are two uh, teams that historically struggle, to say the least. Um, mm-hmm. But Kyle, where are you where are you going with this division? Uh, I'm going to go with Jacksonville, number one. Uh, I think uh, Trevor Lawrence is, you know, I don't know if he's really s- cemented himself as, like, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, but, you know, last year was kind of magical, the run they went on. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna pick Titans number two. I think they're just 
like the, they are very boring. I don't find myself watching any of their games. I don't find myself picking any of their players on fantasy besides yeah, maybe like, Derrick Henry, yeah. but he's overpriced. Um, uh-huh. I'm going to pick the, uh, the Colts to finish third. Um, I have no faith in the Houston Texans. I think they've been so bad. So bottom of the barrel for so long. Uh, I know the Colts are, you know, in a self-proclaimed rebuilding era as well. Uh, yeah. But I I think that this division doesn't really set up good for, you know, having any strong record, any strong records besides maybe Jacksonville getting to like 10 wins maybe. Mm-hmm. But then I think everybody else is going to have a losing record. Yeah, it's definitely a, a weak division. I will say, though, for this division, I think this is a division that has a chance to be really fun in like two or three years if things work out because of how many young quarterbacks there are. Obviously, like you said, Trevor is the only one that's really maybe not cemented as one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but cemented as I would say a franchise quarterback. Obviously, the other ones are all rookies, so definitely not cemented. But if AR pans out with all the talent he has and if CJ Stroud ends up being at least a pretty good quarterback and if um, Will Levis can somehow pan out, um, the division could be very fun in a few years if... There's all these good young quarterbacks. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I think Kyle, your mic's doing something funny. Oh, there we go. We're good. Never mind. Um, this division, though, I I think it is the Jags division. I'll say that uh, as much as it pains me because it's my team's division. I think the Jags are the safest pick, although they're still the Jags. And I it still took like a, what, six game win streak for them to get to nine wins to end the season last year. So I do think there's a world where maybe they fall off. And I think there's also a world where this is like the, the NFC South from last year where the bucks won it at eight and nine. I think some mm-hmm. team could come in and win this division at eight wins, nine wins. Um, I think 10 could be even pushing it. Um, so I, I do think this is a weird world where I think this is a, a three team race because the Titans always find a way with Vrabel to get to seven, eight plus wins. I mean, they've been the one seed, uh, in the last like two years with Vrabel. Uh, so I think they're definitely in some contention. I think the Colts have a pretty good roster around AR. I think people forget that Shaq Leonard is coming back and is a perennial defensive player of the year candidate. Um, they've got one of the best D tackle duos in the league and DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart um, got some interesting young players in the pass rush and basically have an entire room of rookie corners and, and second or third year safety. So a pretty young defense, but a lot of talent there and um, on offense, got some exciting weapons, but I'm picking the Colts to finish second. I think they have an outside chance to sneak up to that eight or nine win mark, um, which could, you know, in this division potentially win it. Who knows? Uh, And I'm taking the Titans third. Um, Once again, I feel like I could regret that because they're just always there. I see a world where they potentially win this division um, again. And then I'm picking the Texans. I think they are a clear fourth. I think they're going to really struggle this year. I think they're going to regret uh, potentially trading that pick they did to the Cardinals, their first rounder next year, because the Cardinals could be looking at maybe the one and two picks, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, they could have them both. So I'm going uh, Jags, Colts, Titans, uh, and then Texans for this one. Then Alan, I like it. Uh, we move on to the AFC East. Uh, another tough one, I would say, because uh, my opinion, it's a three-team race. I feel like there's yep. a, a clear favorite, but... Another one of those off-season darlings. The Jets are are kind of an off-season darling for a lot mm-hmm. of people. A lot of people are like high on this team and think 
you know, Rogers coming in, they, they could be Super Bowl bound or something. So I'm interested to hear what you guys think. I'll, I'll just shoot mine off quick because I, for me, this division was pretty clear cut. I think the Bills are in a make or break year, as weird as that sounds like they've kind of fallen behind. Like the talk of the AFC is Chiefs Bengals at this yep. point. Like Josh Allen has fallen behind in that debate. Mahomes is the best quarterback in the AFC and in the league and Burrow is two in pretty much everybody's mind. And Josh Allen has kind of fallen to the wayside and looked at as number three or maybe even a little bit lower in like everybody's eyes. Um, it's kind of a make or break year. And like, you know, the Stefan Diggs, maybe not so happy rumors. I think they've got to get something done. I think they're going to make a, a statement in the regular season this year. I think the bills are going to be like a 12, 13 win team. I have them win the division. I really, really, really wanted to pick the dolphins too, because there's just so much talent around Tua. Mm-hmm. Um, Ramsey goes down and, you know, with Tua, you just never know if he's going to stay healthy at this point. Uh, so I went with the Jets too because I do think they just have such a good roster. But I've seen this story a lot of times: a team where on paper the roster is just so good with free agent pickups and everything, like, and then they just end up getting like eight wins. Um, so yeah. I'm a little scared of the Jets because it could take time for Rodgers to adjust to a new system and new team. But I'm picking them too. I got the Dolphins three, and then I have the Patriots last. Well, uh, I think the top three in that division could make the playoffs. I would not be shocked if come playoff time we see. Um, the Bills, Jets, and Dolphins all in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, for me, I kind of agree with you for the most part. I picked the Buffalo Bills to finish first because you know they're they're pretty dang good in the regular season, but you know, yeah. When it when it comes to the playoffs, <laughs> Josh Allen and crew gets a little nervous. It seems like. Yeah. The Dolphins. Oh man, the, the, the offensive firepower they have in that team. So I will. I'm picking them second. Just uh, I'm just praying on Tua doesn't get hurt again. You know, no more concussions for Tua. Mm-hmm. If, they, if if he stays healthy in that team, the defense, oh man, the defense might let him down again, like usual. But man, that's yeah. tough. I'll, I'll pick the Dolphins still, and then I'll pick the Jets. Like nine wins is squeeze is squeezing the playoffs at the at the last week. And, okay. you know, I'll pick that. You know, Rogers. You know. Should be do better than last year, I would assume, because he's happier here than in Green Bay. Has some weapons. Defense is pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll do that. And yeah, Mac Jones, no faith in him. Sorry. <laughs> I've seen enough. I don't even. Last Patriots. Yeah. Uh, I am, I'm very happy to be putting the Patriots in last, but I'm interested if Kyle's going to be the. The Jets stand. Obviously, Rodgers tormented his team for a number of years, and there's a lot of hype. Clearly, neither of us bought into the you know the Jets running away at the division hype that seems to be out there. But Kyle, you got you got anything different? You think the Bills are taking this one again? No, I definitely am gonna ride with the Bills. I think they have too much. Ta- Josh Allen got too much talent. Uh, they got you know obviously Steph Diggs, uh, Gabe up there as well. Uh, wide wide out threats. I, I I think if Josh Allen can stay healthy, I think that they should be a a favorite to win the division and make a run in the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. As far as the Jets question, um, I was a big big fan of Brees Hall until he got hurt last Same. year. Um, I really liked what he was doing. I think they're bringing in Dalvin Cook, kind of a veteran back. He's also kind of battling some injuries as well. Um, 
they're bringing like Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard up for <laughs> for Rogers to have some like you know mom's home cooking feel <laughs> in there. Yep. Um, but the Jets are just so like they're just so blah. Uh, I don't I don't see just historically. Um, this is probably the best shot that they've got. So I I, I think I have to put them number two. Yeah. Um, Dolphins, I'll put number three. I think, you know, Tyreek Hill will do Tyreek Hill things. Tua uh, seems like hopefully he can avoid another traumatic brain injury (laughs) this season. Um, Because I I really want him to be a a long-term NFL quarterback. Uh, I have nothing against Tua. Um, They just got to protect him. And uh, and then I'm gonna put the Pats uh, number four, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Pats wound up with like seven or eight wins and took the third spot. Uh, I I don't think Mac Jones is the worst quarterback for them. Uh, and then they also have like Hunter Henry, Mike Gesicki. We know how the the Pats love yeah. these tight ends. Uh, those are two you know pretty solid receiving tight ends that they got there too. So. Mm-hmm. Um, where wherever they fall short in like deep threats and having a really solid run game, like Ramondre Stevenson, like what's he gonna do? Uh, they got Zeke you know, too. Term. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can see if Zeke does anything. I don't know. I, <laughs> I mean, outside of like Dallas, I I don't know how he's gonna do, but uh, I don't know. It could be an interesting, interesting, you know, peloton of a division, you know, to see who who's really nipping at the if, if the Bills can get any uh, separation from the rest of the group. Uh, if the Jets live up to the hype, I don't know. That's a I'll, I'll have my eye on the AFC East for a change. Yeah, and like like you said, I don't hate the Patriots and potentially moving up to three either because like it is always like the Patriots. How often do they have an absolutely terrible season? They're bad seasons. They tend to find a way to grind out seven wins, maybe eight wins. It's pretty rare for them to have a, a three win season or something where they're going to finish last. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not a common thing for the Patriots. So yeah, I'd agree. I wouldn't be shocked to find them even in third or something. Um, the AFC West though. Curious to see if you guys think anything else, but I would say most people have this as like a two-team race. Maybe you could see three teams sneak into the playoffs in this division, I guess. But for the the division lead, I think most people have it as a two-team race. Uh, however, I'll just go off the bat and say I have the Chiefs winning again. I think it's pretty tough to pick against them. They have the best quarterback in the league, undisputed. Um, yep, coming off a Super Bowl win and. At this point, it seems to me that Patrick Mahomes is so good that whatever roster moves they make won't affect them winning 12 plus games. Uh, they, I mean, they got rid of what a lot of people would call like maybe their best player, I guess. Maybe now with Travis Kelsey being there, but they get rid of uh, um, Tyree Kill going into last season. And everybody's like, man, it's going to be a big hit and they won the Super Bowl. Um, yep. <laughs> so like, I don't know that this team can really get met- rid of many players that will affect that much Patrick Mahomes is just that good so I have the Chiefs um, winning this division I went with the Chargers too because like I said I think they're the only team that can threaten them they have such a good high-powered offense Uh, I question their coaching though I I have no faith um, in their coach but I I still I'm a big 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 Herbert fan so I decided to keep them in second I went with the Broncos three 
because I think Sean Payton's going to improve this team, but I'm not sold. I see the Broncos being maybe like a seven win team. I think they have an outside chance to maybe push into that nine range and, you know, fight a little bit, but I think it's going to be hard to see them like triple their wins and win the division or anything. Uh, and I picked the Raiders four, but I will say uh, they do have weapons. They have Devonte Adams, you know, they have Hunter Renfro. They have Josh Jacobs in the backfield. They have some talent on defense, you know, with Max Crosby. Uh, then they picked Tyree Wilson, whoever it was. Um, another like top edge rusher in the draft. So if he actually does pan out, him and Miles Garrett would be very scary duo. And we all know if you, you have a good pass rush, it makes your defense uh, instantly a heck of a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. And Jimmy G tends to win football games. We'll see if he can do that outside of the Shanahan system. But I think the Raiders are interesting and could push for like a seven, eight win season um, and mess up these standings. But I have them in four, uh, but not really too confident in that. All right. Um, yeah, I'm going Chiefs number one. Can't really argue that one. Say the least. Mahomes. Yes. Kelsey. Justin Ross, potentially. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, but my second team I'm going to pick is, you know, let's ride, baby. Russell, what? Not Russell Westbrook. Russell, Russell Wilson. <laughs> I, I'm having uh, so much faith in him this year after what happened last year. Big bounce, wow. big bounce back year with, you know, Javante coming back, Jerry Judy, you know, good old Court and Sutton, pretty, pretty damn good here and there. Good coaching. So I'm, I'm going to the Broncos second. And then the third is the Chargers because I just don't like how I like the coaching and what I, yes. what, what I witnessed last year when we watched that game against Jacksonville. Yeah. And, and he didn't get fired. I just don't like that at all. I, I was, I'm in, still in shock that he didn't get fired. It seemed like he was going to get fired all year and they have that collapse in the playoffs. And then he's just like, yeah, we're going to keep him around. I just don't understand how you just keep him after you lose that. It's shaky all year. But I do like their talent they have. It's just the coaching. It's going to mess up, mess up them. And then, like you said, the Raiders. The fourth place, but, you know, sneaky in the third, maybe second, potentially with Jimmy G and crew, Duante, Josh Jacobs, Michael Mayer. But yeah. That's my mm-hmm. thoughts on it. Yeah, I'll go for... Uh... AFC West, uh, obviously Kansas City, until proven otherwise, will win the division. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Chargers number two. Uh, yeah, LAC, I'm going to go number two. Um, I think they're a pretty pretty well-rounded team. I really uh, I like their depth chart. I think that uh, Eckler, really good running back who has some, like, Pass catch potential as well. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, big fans of those. Um, obviously, defensively they got Joey Bosa. Uh, I like that. Um, I like Vegas too. I think Vegas is going to finish third. Uh, Jimmy G. I think you know we'll see. That's probably the the biggest question mark because you you got guys like uh renfro Devonte adams uh josh jacobs out of the backfield I, I think that they they're not short in the in the talent department mm-hmm. um i just have no faith in uh russell wilson in denver i don't know i fair i i, I sorry to rain on anybody's parade but i just don't think denver is a 
going to amount to much. Uh, I think, you know, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, they could be, you know, really, really good if they had a better quarterback, maybe. I don't know. Uh, it's fair. I mean, after what we saw last year, you can't knock anybody for criticizing Denver. Yeah. yeah. I, just, I, I don't know. I mean, Russell Wilson for a couple of years there was like one of the most electric players out in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, when they had those like Super Bowl runs and stuff, but I just don't, I'm just not buying it as a career renaissance place for him. Uh, I don't know. I, I have them finishing last. All right. I think it's fair. I mean, I think that there's a world with Sean Payton where they improve, but also if somebody says that they have no faith in them, you can't really knock it because the Broncos were abysmal last year. Uh, I mean, they had that game against the Colts on Thursday Night Football. That was like the worst football game I've ever watched. Like, neither team could score. It was like 6-6 six, six or whatever going into overtime. And the Colts mm-hmm. won off uh, at a last-second field goal, like 9-6 or whatever it was, and took like the full overtime. Like, yeah, the Broncos were abysmal last year. Can we um, stop playing football on Thursday? Yeah. It. Well, yeah, there's so many injuries. Games end up sucking because people are tired. You're not wrong. But pretty soon, we're going to be playing football every day of the week. Yeah, I think. exactly. We're getting, we're getting Black Friday games this year, aren't we? I think so. Or is it starting? It's starting soon, I know. We're getting Black Friday games. Um, which is, yeah, that's that's a, maybe a different conversation. But um, let's talk awards. So this is probably the last thing we'll do. Then we'll get the, the people out of here. And then maybe make our Super Bowl pick or something at the end. But let's talk awards. We'll talk Offensive Defensive Rookie of the Year, Offensive and Defensive Player of the Year, and then MVP. Um, so offensive rookie of the year, Brock, you'll be happy to hear that I'm going to pick B. John Robinson. Um, Love it. I think he's going to be the best rookie numbers wise. I will say, I feel like it might be tougher for him to win because I mean, I think he's the most NFL ready and typically running backs obviously have a little bit less of a learning curve than quarterbacks. So he'll probably put up big numbers And Atlanta is a pretty run heavy team. Mm-hmm. So I like Bijan to do that. I will say, if one of the quarterbacks, if Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, or Anthony Richardson, I don't think Levis is going to play right away, so that'll hurt his chances. But if any of those quarterbacks even has a, a decent year, they probably win. Um, I yeah. really, really, really almost went with Anthony Richardson because I do think he's going to have a decent year, at least with his rushing upside. It seems like his floor is a little higher than the others just because he's probably going to put up decent rushing numbers. Um, but unfortunately for Bijan, it's going to be tougher for him to win the award if any quarterback has a decent year because as we know in the NFL, uh, Bijan could have like a, a crazy season, but if one of the quarterbacks has some fun plays um, and some decent numbers, they'll probably win over him because the NFL yeah. just loves to give quarterback uh, quarterbacks awards, even if somebody's more deserving. Um, so I'm picking Bijan, but I'm scared of the pick just because you know if, if one of those rookie QBs does have a good year, we all know they're going to give it to a QB. Yeah. Um, I'm also picking Bijan Robinson. You know he'll he'll definitely get used a lot. Yeah, they're they're gonna feed him. Run game, pass game, you know, you name it. Dump off from Devin Ritter or Taylor Heineke. Yeah, he'll put up the yards. That's for sure. It's like just like you said, mm-hmm. one of those quarterbacks start balling out, performing really well. He won't win it, but yeah, that's yeah. what I'm picking. Yeah, uh, hard to bet against Bijan. You know, hard to bet against a skilled offensive player as opposed to, you know, a hit or miss quarterback play. Yeah, on a rebuilding team. Um, I I wouldn't sleep on my guy Jameer Gibbs. He's no, I wouldn't either. Uh, he's going to be splitting carries uh, in Detroit here. Um, 
So I don't know. I'm but as far as like workload, uh Bijan, I'm excited to watch him. Uh other guy to watch maybe out in uh Seattle, Jackson yep. Smith and Jigba. Uh I don't know, but kinda hard for a wide receiver to to really make a run at it. They'd have he'd have to catch like double digit touchdowns or something mm-hmm. and although crazy yards, but we are coming off a wide receiver winning it last year, at least though. Garrett Wilson. Um, but mm-hmm. I do think Brees Hall was on his way to win that if he didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go down. Sure. But you never know. Maybe if, maybe if JSN helps lead the, the Seahawks to a playoff berth and has a really good year, maybe they weigh that a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think Jameer Gibbs and JSN are, are good shout outs. I've, I struggle to see how either one of the quarterbacks um, or Gibbs, Bijan or JSN doesn't win it. Maybe you got like a, Jordan Addison or something if he has a big year in Minnesota, but I feel like that's a pretty much of a long shot. I feel like it's the two running backs, uh, JSN, and then obviously the quarterbacks are always in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, how about defensive rookie of the year? I went pretty straight up with this one. Um, I know last year kind of different. We had a, a cornerback win it. Sauce won it last year, which I feel like is rare. I just went straight up and went Will Anderson right away. The first defensive player taken in the draft. Seems like pass rushers, especially ones that are as good as him, and they say he's so NFL ready. Um, and he's on a team with a good secondary. Uh, you know, the Texans may be a bad team, but that's like the one bright spot. They have a pretty good secondary and a lot of good young guys. So obviously, having a good secondary helps with sacks. Um, helps you know bring up that total, which is pretty much all they're going to look at for Will Anderson is if he has a lot of sacks, he'll win it. Um, yeah. So I'm going with Will Anderson for Defensive Rookie of the Year because it is also probably the easiest position for like people to see a value because like for corners, if you're locked down, you might only have one interception, but you were just so locked down. They didn't throw at you. So it's, it's like tough for them for voters that don't actually really watch uh, Mm -hmm. to vote for you when you don't really have any counting stats. But like if Will Anderson has like a double digit sack year, it's gonna be like, wow, that rookie had 11 sacks. It's pretty darn good year. It's so much more of a counting visual stat. Yeah. Um, I'll go Will Anderson as well. Like I don't really know many. I can't think of any many other players at the moment. <laughs> like Tyree Wilson, if he's healthy, is interesting too because he's lined up across from Max Crosby, so probably going to be a lot of attention on him. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah I'll go Will Anderson. Seems like the heavy Al- favorite, Alabama boy. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably say that. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree there. Probably, Will, probably Will Anderson. Um, I don't know. Not really. Ooh. Um, Will Anderson is the favorite, but we definitely forgot one. I wasn't even thinking about it. Jalen Carter is the second highest odds. Yeah, I was. That's how I was gonna uh, just toss uh, a shout out there, just because just yeah. because he's gonna be playing on the Eagles, uh, might get a little bit more that's attention drawn his way from like you know the voting. Yeah, people. <laughs> this list I'm looking at isn't even. This has Christian Gonzalez as the. Third highest odds in season of the Lions. Is Christian Gonzalez not of the Patriots? I think well, he, he is. He's the first round pick for the Patriots. This is Lions. He's definitely yeah. not on the Lions. Hey, Jack Campbell is the, the sixth best odds, Kyle. Uh, we'll see. I, I mean, that is actually uh, one you could see, though, too, if he's playing middle linebacker and he just gets a ton of tackles. Yeah. If he leads the team in tackles, another counting stat that people will look at and be like, wow, he had 150 tackles. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think one of the edge rushers is probably a, a way to go. But yeah, Jalen Carter is a good shout out too. He could. People are so hyped about him too, and he's such a freak that. And also helps that he's on a very good defense. Mm-hmm. 
lot of good players to take attention away from him around him. Um, Pat, we'll start with you on this one. Where are you going for offensive player of the year? Justin Jefferson, the defending champ. I think he's the odds on favorite again. Uh, I'm going to go Jamar Chase. Okay. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I really like Jamar. I think Joe Burrow is just going to air it out to him. Like, but he's also going to be, you know, kind of splitting, splitting targets with T. Uh, because T really had a good year last year. Uh, so, as, but as far as like pure volume, I think Jefferson's going to probably get it. It's just as uh, you're, you're also relying on Kirk Cousins to air it out to you. Um, <laughs> I mean, I will. But, but granted, he, you know, Kirk to Justin Jefferson was, it's been a pretty good symbiotic relationship, but I, I, I'm going to go Jamar. I yeah, I'm looking at one list right now, and Jamar is slightly ahead of Jefferson as the favorite. The one thing I will say about the whole Kirk Cousins thing is sometimes I think it helps their chances for Jefferson to just put up big numbers more that he has Kirk Cousins than Burrow. And that sounds stupid, but like Burrow's so much better than Kirk Cousins, obviously, that like he's gonna maybe spread the ball a little bit more, whereas Kirk maybe isn't as good, so maybe he's gonna rely more on Jefferson. And just for pure counting stats wise, Jefferson might just put up bigger numbers because Kirk's just targeting him so much. Whereas Burrow, you know, has T Higgins and might spread the ball. It's kind of like the whole Megatron to, or Stafford and Megatron. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, Megatron was obviously an incredibly good receiver, but also Stafford maybe wasn't as good as a guy like Burrow to spread the ball around. So he's just chucking into Megatron all the time. Yeah. That athletic freak. (laughs) Yeah. I, I am going to go Jefferson though. I think, uh, he could potentially go back to back. I will say, I don't feel incredibly confident in it, because it is tough to go back to back in any award. People want a new vote. So I think Jamar Chase is a good pick, but I think Brock's going to go him. So I want to go different. I will say the other shouts I had was we look in the running back department. Uh, I think Nick Chubb has potential because he, the Browns run the ball a lot. And Nick Chubb puts up a lot of touchdowns that on this list. He's the fourth best odds. And then mm-hmm. also McCaffrey, I think in that Niners offense, if Purdy's dumping the ball off, I think McCaffrey could put up some insane numbers with a full year in that yeah. system. So a couple running backs I'm looking at, but I'm going to go with Jefferson. Yeah, Nick Chubb, a great NFL running back, but a bad fantasy running back. Yeah, no catches. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, see, so I'm going to go different. From, I wanted to go Jamar Chase until Kyle said that. I'll go different. I'm going to okay. go out of left field and pick Garrett Wilson. Okay, Rodgers boosts up his stats a little bit. Yep. I think, you know. I don't know how much I don't know, don't know how many receiving yards we'll have, but I know last year he hit eleven hundred with Mike White and Zach Wilson. True. And Aaron Rodgers is significantly better than those two. Uh, that's so. valid points. I mean he had that good of a year with Mike White and Zach Wilson and whoever that, that one random dude, Streveler, throwing the ball. Yeah. So I'll, I'll pick uh Garrett Wilson, but I also give a shout to Tyreek Hill, because he could definitely do some insane stuff again like last year mm-hmm. um okay for my mvp i went about it like this i was like mahomes yeah he's the easy pick um but uh actually let's go defensive player of the year first um defensive player of the year i went with miles garrett because even though i picked the browns to, to come in last thing there's a world where they have a pretty good year and i think miles garrett is one of the most consistent defensive players in the league and i i thought maybe tj watt but once again his injuries are just so scary it's tough mm-hmm. to trust him to stay healthy and i could easily see miles garrett having like a 17 plus sack insane season where he comes out and 
just is so dominant that he wins defensive player of the year. I wouldn't be shocked to see that at all. Yeah. Um, um, I really wanted to pick TJ Watt, but like you said, injuries pile up year after year. It seems like so he's not going to get the stats. Yeah. I'll go with uh, Micah Parsons. Another fair pick, yeah. Pass rusher seems to be the way to go for defensive player of the year most times. Yeah. I'll go with Micah Parsons, athletic freak. I'm going to go Nick Bosa. Back to back. I don't know. I, 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 I like the 49ers defense. I think, mm-hmm. you know. Whatever, we'll, we'll we'll ride with Nick Bosa just for some change it up a little bit. Okay, I like it. Um, then now we'll talk MVP. So this is what I was saying. I wanted to go with Patrick Mahomes because it's like it's it's so hard not to. It's like the LeBron thing in the NBA for that ten year stretch. It was like LeBron was always the safest pick, but at some point I think people are going to get tired of voting for Mahomes, and people just <laughs> don't like to vote back to back MVPs also because. They want something new, whether they believe it or not. Subconsciously, they want that new uh, new MVP vote to come in. So um, looking at, I have one odd site pulled up here. They do have Burrow as the favorite, which is interesting. because I don't know how long he's going to be out for if he's going to miss any games in the start of the year. Um, I just saw a thing on the side that says Dan Campbell's one of the favorites of coach of the year. And I laugh because I know how Kyle feels about him. Uh, <laughs> but Mahomes is, is listed at two. Josh Allen, three kind of the guys you expect. They actually have Herbert at four. I'm going to go with who they have at five, though. I'm going to pick Jalen Hurts. I was going to pick Josh Allen because I, I said I think the Bills are going to have such a big year, but I think the AFC, people could beat each other up so much that the records won't be as good, whereas I think the NFC, um, you know, the records are potentially like a team like the Eagles could win like 15 games out of nowhere because it's just such a weak conference. Um, and I also think Jalen Hurts was probably going to win MVP because they wanted that story more than the Mahomes story until he missed a couple games at the end of the year. Yeah. Like the NFC is so much easier. I think the Eagles record will be inflated. Uh, I'm going to pick Jalen Hurts to win the MVP. All right. Um, I'm going to pick Josh Allen. That's Mr. almost what I went with. <laughs> Mr. Air it out. Mr. You know, doesn't care. Just keeps chucking it and chucking it. <laughs> Might have like 40, like 45 touch shots. Maybe like... Almost twenty picks too, but you know, <laughs> that's fine because they'll probably have a good, good, good record. So, yeah, I'll pick Josh Allen. Finally gets his MVP, but you know, playoff start might start choking. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Oh God, do I have to pick Mahomes? I guess I do. Right? It's it's the safest pick always. Yeah, you, I pick, mean... you can pick Jared Goff if you want. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Patrick Mahomes because I think it's the most likely pick, and you can't really look dumb picking Mahomes. So yeah, because he's gonna put up 40 touchdowns this year. He's gonna throw for 5,000 yards, and his team is gonna win 12 or more games. It's like just clockwork. Yeah, Mahomes is like the pick that it's like you know it comes down to it. If none of the if no random person popped up and had a really big year, Mahomes is like if they're just like. This guy had a solid year. This guy had a solid year. And then there's Mahomes. They're like, okay, we'll give it to Mahomes. That's what it felt like with Jalen Hurts last year. Like, Jalen Hurts kind of came out of nowhere, like, okay, rookie season. Then he started going crazy last year. And everybody's like, oh, hot new player coming up. We're going to go for Jalen Hurts. Then he got hurt. So they're like, okay, fine. I guess we'll give it to Mahomes. It feels like it'll be like that again. Like, if some random player comes up and, like, one of the other quarterbacks has a really good year, they'll give it to them. But, you know, if they have to go default, they'll just be like, okay, Mahomes, you get it again. Yeah. All right, then our last thing before we get the people out of here. Who are your Super Bowl teams? Who you got winning it? Who wants to kick it off? I'll go first. 
Okay. I am going to pick the Atlanta Falcons. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Real pick. I'm going to pick the Bengals to finally pull through and win it all this year. We haven't beaten. Oh, man. I'm going to say... Seattle Seahawks. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> Seahawks make it. So you, have, you have the Geno Smith Bowl. Geno Smith of the Super Bowl. Yep. I like it. We're going bold. Um, you want to go, Kyle? Or you want me to go? Yeah, I'll go. I'm gonna. I don't know for no rhyme or reason. I'm gonna say the Bills are gonna make it to the Super Bowl. Give give the Bills Mafia what they want, but I think they're gonna lose to the Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> <laughs> again. So Brock probably laughed because my cousin is like the biggest Bills fan in the world, and we just love making fun of him. The, the, bills pain, the pain on his face that would if that would happen. <laughs> so I would probably laugh if that happened too. But man, you guys kind of killed me here because I wasn't thinking Seahawks, Brock. I'll tell you that. But <laughs> I was thinking my initial thought was I'm like I think this might be the year that the the Bengals and Burrow get it done. And then I was also thinking like maybe Eagles, but it's really tough for a team to make it to back to back Super Bowls, especially after a loss. So I was like, eh, I don't know. Um, I just. I can't pick the Niners as much as I like the team because I just I can't see a world where Brock Purdy's leading his team to the Super Bowl and winning it. Uh, although I guess he was really close last year. I just don't. I think it's so tough for a team to make it to back to back Super Bowl. So I'm gonna avoid the Eagles. I think we're gonna have an NFC Championship rematch, though. I think we're gonna see Eagles Niners. I'm gonna say the Niners win the NFC. I think we might have a what the trilogy at this point. I think we might see the Bills blow it in the divisional round again. I think we might see Bengals, Chiefs. I think Burrow's going to get the best of Mahomes again, and I'm going to say the Bengals beat the Niners in the Super Bowl. Although it's, I just always feel like a terrible feeling in my stomach when I just pick against Mahomes. But I'm going to say the Bengals take out the Niners in the Super Bowl. Okay, I like it's tough, it though. I it's so it's so weird to for me to pick a team out of the AFC because like I legitimately think there's like four or more teams that I would be like, yeah, I'm not surprised to see them go to the Super Bowl where usually you maybe think there's like one or two in each conference. You feel pretty confident about going to the year and then surprises always happen. But yeah, the AFC is just like, I would not be surprised if like the bills are bouncing the first round, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they're in the Super Bowl. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right. Long episode in the books. Obviously we had a lot of cotton NFL to talk about, but I'll wrap it up unless you guys got anything else you want to talk about. Kyle, you got any updates you want to tell anyone or be wrapping it up? No, thanks for having me back on your show. Congrats on passing a thousand coming up on 1200, right? Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, uh, just crazy, you know, grassroots growth here. You know, we're not, you know, you guys aren't affiliated with, with any like, org or anything so it's it's been you know genuine clicks and stuff here um really big fan of what you've built here and thanks for having me back yeah we appreciate you coming on but it is also what we've built not really what i've built or brock and i built you were a big part of it as well um and we will have you on whenever you want well, you know, somebody had to publish the first ever CDL podcast and just put their <laughs> voice out into the ether. So true. And then you had to be the the one random guy that was dropping a lot of comments and <laughs> right. the, the Twitter DMs yeah. had to flow. And then everybody yeah. knows the story of 
I was almost ready to quit. And then you came along and made it fun. And then you bring Brock on. And now here we are, like you said, approaching 1200. We've got some big things planned for the, the next season. Maybe we'll have to make this like a, a yearly off season podcast. We'd hop on, do NFL predictions and then. Yeah. Get definitely. a, a catch up with Kyle or something. I mean, you could always do uh, like NBA type predictions because that's technically before. But once again, I, I follow the NBA and I love the Bucks. But in terms of other teams, it's harder for me. I don't have as much knowledge of other teams where I don't follow mm-hmm. other ones as close as I do in the NFL. But we should make this a, a yearly thing or whenever you want to hop on. If randomly, sure. if you do end up liking MW3 a little bit and you play it and you want to randomly hop on to talk COD one week or we get you on for a third voice to split the vote on uh, majors or something. Yeah. You ever want to hop on? Shoot Definitely. me the DM. There's like like normal. There's no pressure to hop on if you're busy, but the door is always open. We, we're maybe going to try to have more random guests this year, but the the first guest door will always be open for you. So we appreciate you coming on. Yep. Um, one last thing before you wrap it up is a shout out Messi from the Leagues Cup for Inter Miami. <laughs> I think you know this is a, maybe we should just like kick me out of the podcast one. One time if we have kyle on as a guest because i think kyle aren't you a pretty big soccer fan yeah yeah i uh i'm a Bayern munich fan <laughs> through and through uh Ooh. we could yeah we could uh commiserate that um harry kane harry kane yeah, oh. yeah we, we got a wanker <laughs> on the team now uh, <laughs> but yeah no um obviously just a little aside there huge fan of messi coming to the u.s i think it's just gonna i think it's really lit a fire under a lot of people like a lot of casual fans having like mm-hmm. the great like you know arguably the greatest player to ever play the game come over and people still mm-hmm. be able to see him like score goals and stuff i i think that's pretty crazy um yeah the ticket sales are just ridiculous to go watch yeah. a game uh, i had a friend that just went to the like the nashville game or whatever or uh, oh, the, the final uh yeah he was at the final mm-hmm. uh, so uh i don't I, I didn't ask him how much he paid but it was probably a lot <laughs> um, probably like 400 bucks plus I think I think owns the nashville team or as a part owner or something because he was at that game and talking about it um mm-hmm. yeah you're not wrong though i mean i've seen i definitely am the the least of a soccer fan i love soccer and i mostly love the world cup and I enjoy watching it, but Brock played soccer his whole life and knows way more than I do. And Kyle also knows more than I do, more of a soccer fan. But I will say I've seen more soccer on my timeline on Twitter or X, I guess. I've seen more uh, more soccer talk on there than I ever have before and more like random people I've never seen talk about soccer are talking about it. So you're not wrong. The impact Messi's having on the U.S. is is definitely felt because I people that I had never seen talk about soccer and soccer really never hit my timeline unless it was World Cup time. Mm-hmm. And I've seen more people talking about that than I can ever remember. Yeah, a lot of a lot of eyes on the MLS, which is good to make it grow bigger. bigger. Yeah, I think it's funny all the people that are shocked that like Messi's coming over and dominating too. That like they think people that are like have such a small scope that they think like the MLS is all the elite soccer players of the world. Yeah, because uh, it's in the U.S. Like all like the you know the random people that are in the U.S. I think like the MLS is the top players in the world. And they're like, how is Messi coming over and playing this well? And it's like, oh, you don't mm. even know the half of it. Let me tell you, the top players are not playing in the MLS. Yeah, hopefully one day, but not today. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's all I got. Though you guys, do anything else, or I'll wrap it up. I'm good. No, go ahead. All right, so that's gonna do it for this one. Obviously, a long episode, but we we knew going in this one was gonna be a long one. We had a lot to talk about. Um. 
So hopefully you guys enjoy this one. If you want to see anything else like this, uh, obviously there's limited sports previews we can do, especially because like um, Brock is not a, a baseball guy, um, and soccer for me is pretty limited. We could maybe do something NBA wise, but I mean it could be anything. We've done the part of my take style Mount Rushmores of random Call of Duty items uh, recently, which has been fun. But if you guys want to see anything uh, like this, um, we appreciate it. And for all of you the uh, all you out there that have been asking for different style episodes here in the off season branch out hope you guys enjoyed us talking some sports on here we appreciate all the support be sure to leave a like comment and subscribe if you enjoyed drop a follow drop a five-star review on the audio platforms um if you guys made it to this point um this two hour long podcast comment something down below comment something uh who's your super bowl team gonna be if you're a football fan otherwise um comment something about your favorite sports team whether it's you know cricket uh soccer nfl whatever it is uh, i'd like to hear your thoughts down below tell me the colts are gonna win the super bowl so i can cope um mm -hmm. that's gonna do it for this one though we will see you guys in the next one